0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to The Danger Room, the X-Men Comics Commentary Podcast. My name is Adam. And my name is Jeremy. And we're here to discuss not one, not two, but I think eight issues of stuff that isn't the X-Men, but features X-Men to some degree, more it, or less. It's a clip show, sort it's of. It's another one of those classic clip shows. da 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 da, da.
1: Yeah, man. We got everything from Marvel Fanfare to Doctor Strange to Marvel 2-in-1, stuff you didn't even know existed, stuff I certainly didn't know existed, stuff you didn't even know you needed to read, but now you're going to he- hear
0: it. And, and Let's be fair. Most of it, you don't need to read it. Yeah, this so is That's a- why we're here. <laughs> we're completists until it gets overwhelming. Yeah. Then we'll stop.
1: So, I mean, if there was ever an episode of The Danger Room where you're like, God, you know, I I wish I could just skip an episode. This is going to be a good episode, but you're not going to miss any content whatsoever if you skip this episode. You could go right to the next episode and be right on track with the X-Men story.
0: And we're kind of at a good stopping point with the X-Men stories because, like, you know, the whole Wolverine thing kind of just finished up. And we're about to begin the next big phase, which is pretty big. Huge, and uh most of these stories take place before or around, or you know, we're not even really sure. So yeah. you can you can figure it out yourselves. But you know, you, by when we describe them, you should have some idea of when they happen. If if you're really a chronologist,
1: yes. So we're going to kick it off with some classic Marvel fanfare, number twenty four, with a cover price of a dollar fifty.
0: Uh, this was the premium magazine, remember?
1: heck, yeah, something it's about nice j- paper, <laughs> something about january nineteen eighty six but I don't know when it was actually on
0: yes, Sharks. cover date of january nineteen eighty six and on sale October eighth of nineteen eighty five so this hasn't been published yet in the timeline that we're at, but the story takes place probably before yeah this sorry it's, it's honestly it's hard to tell sometimes. We won't concern ourselves with it too much, except where it bugs me.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, and this one is uh, well, Marvel fanfare. This, this has two stories packed into one, but we're only going to cover the second story. The first story is like a whole bunch of elves.
0: It's like Elf Quest or something.
1: It's like chibi Elf Quest, though. It's like a bunch of big headed elves rather than the realistic elves of Elf Quest, I guess. I don't know. Do you ever read Elf
0: No. Yeah. I mean, I'm familiar with it, but. Yeah. No. Okay.
1: Well, this one is called Elegy. It is not about elves. It was written by Chris Claremont, uh, penciled by David Ross, Bob Wiasek is on the inks, uh Rick Parker's on the letters, Bob Sharon's coloring, Al Milgram is the editor and Jim Shooter is the editor in chief. Him Shooter. Uh, sorry, I mispronounced it. And we open <laughs> up this story here with a sweet sweet flying camaro that kind of reminds me of one of the mask cars but but not the red sports car there was another car that was like a it was like a hydrofoil car mask thing
0: you know i'm totally realizing that the flying car in agents of shield is totally based on the avengers flying cars i had I don't know why I never connected that.
1: Adam, I don't think that this is an Avengers flying car. I'm pretty sure this is Nick Fury of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s flying car.
0: Well, right. And I'm sure this car has been all over the place and in, the, in the comic books, and everybody's super familiar with it. And that's totally why I think Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. just kind of used it. But oh. I, had, I had no idea that it was a real thing. I thought it was just some stupid thing they made up for the show.
1: No. Uh, I still haven't seen Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Much of it anyways.
0: Spoilers, there's a flying car.
2: Damn
1: it. Well, that I knew because there's like a scene where uh, somebody, I don't know.
0: Flies around in a car?
1: I don't think I saw the car fly, but I think I saw it like on an airplane or something as they're flying from a mission to another mission. I was like, I know that car. (laughs) Whatever. Anyways, uh, uh, this is uh, Nick Fury and Ben Grimm and they're showing up at the Avengers Mansion, which has got a ton of security so much security that Nick uh Nick uh Fury has to flash his badge and be like I've got I got priority I got clearance
2: identity confirmed
1: you may enter and then there's somebody who kind of has the silhouette of a woman or somebody with long hair anyways uh looking at the mansion saying to herself that it looks like security has improved since this person's last visit
2: hmm
0: yep and she is in shadows next to somebody with billowy hair who lights a stogie, and hey, we know this guy.
1: Right. So I actually kind of like this two-panel here. It's uh, the first one, like you said, they're in shadows. Logan lights up his cigarette, and he becomes lit up, but the woman at this point looks downward, so most of her face is in shadows, although she's got a little bit of blonde hair.
0: So so we don't really know who she is yet. Um, she, she could be Lee Forrester. Yeah, <laughs> well, Britt's <laughs> been hanging out with Lee Forrester.
1: Well, somebody's got to. <laughs> um, so, Thing and Nick Fury, they open up the door to what appears to be some type of Avengers meeting. Uh, and it turns out that this is the big Avengers poker game.
0: And apparently this is a big thing in the Marvel Universe. Um, I, guess, I guess I've never seen this before, but apparently it's a Thing.
1: So do you think Star Trek
0: The Next Generation
1: ripped off the Avengers for their big poker scenes? No. (laughs) Or do you think that they had no clue about what was going on in the pages of the Avengers and they just thought it was a neat idea?
0: I think it's poker.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, somebody had to steal it from somebody.
0: Oh, okay. Then yes, they definitely did.
1: So we've got here, we've got Beast, we've got Wonder Man, uh, and we've
0: got, who's the blonde haired guy? Manhattan District Attorney Blake Tower. I don't know.
1: Hmm. And Jarvis is, I believe, warming up crumpets and serving tea.
0: Apparently he is a uh, a player who's pretty good at poker himself.
1: Yes. But uh, as they're getting ready to play, the doorbell rings. And Jarvis, a little, little concerned because they're not expecting any visitors. I do hope it isn't trouble. You, he says as he opens the door. And it's a blonde-haired woman who Jarvis identifies as Miss
0: Denver's. What a surprise. I must confess, after the way you and the Avengers parted dot, 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 in Avengers Annual number 10. Yes. So do you think the Avengers flew home and were like, Jarvis,
1: Carol is really mad at us. (laughs) Although... Wait a minute now. Do the Avengers know that Carol Danvers was Miss Marvel?
0: Yes. Well, I I think some of them do and some of them don't.
1: I guess Jarvis probably knows who everybody
0: is, right? Probably. (laughs) Uh, So he – I think think once she got pregnant, uh, pretty much everybody knew who she was because then it was Carol Danvers was pregnant, not Miss Marvel. Oh. So I think at that point she had to reveal who she was and there was a whole big to-do.
1: So yeah, she she's like, oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> Time heals all wounds. I'm over it,
0: except for against Rogue. Grr.
1: Remember that <laughs> big long lecture I gave all the Avengers at the end of uh, Avengers Annual number ten? Eh, I'm over it. You guys are cool. <laughs> I want to play cards.
0: I want to play cards. Oh, and I brought a friend. And I like this panel. Logan looks very cute in it. He's like, hey, <laughs> name's Logan. Hey, uh, how's it how's it going?
1: I like to play cards.
0: I, too, would like to play some poker.
1: You're you're both welcome to come in, says uh, Jarvis. So he he brings them in and uh, introduces them all to the Avengers.
0: Uh, Beast is, well, they're all kind of shocked because Carol Danvers shows up. Yeah. And uh, so initially Ben Grimm doesn't know who she is, but...
1: Hey, Um, Jarvis, I hate to be a spoil sport, but this game ain't open to everybody, no matter how cute they are.
2: I'm not everybody in the old days. I wore a mask and went by the name Ms. Marvel.
1: And Thing, Wonder Man, and Beast are like, (laughs) 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 what? Doink. Gee, Rocky, you look real cute with the great big feet in that itty-bitty mouth, says Beast over to Thing.
0: Keep it up for a ball.
1: And Beast in true character says, hmm, promises, promises. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to get those rocky little feet in my mouth.
0: She says since she's no longer an Avenger or Miss Marvel, she she decided there's no reason to hide her true identity. And if she can't trust the Avengers, dot, dot, dot. And uh, did we know that Carol Danvers knew Nick Fury? We did, right? That was in, that was in her series, I think. Yeah, she hung out with Nick Fury. Okay. Her Never series, mind. I answered my own question.
1: Like, I don't think we read Captain Marvel as a part of this podcast.
0: We did. Uh, we read Miss Marvel. Uh, we read a couple of issues that featured like uh, Sabretooth or, or Mutants oh, or oh, something. sure. Okay. Oh, Mystique. We read the issues yes. with Mystique. Yeah, I think it's, yes, we know that... And, Ms. And Nick Fury was in those issues, and yes, they knew each other.
1: Okay. Um, but
0: what we didn't know was that Wolverine, uh, Logan, also knows Nick Fury. Yes, dogie's cold, Colonel. Need a light? Logan? Yep.
1: <laughs> it's been they, years.
0: They shake hands, and uh, they do like a, one of those manly arm grabs. They do like when a, was the last time?
1: They do like a bro handshake.
0: Right, yeah, yeah. Well, manly handshake, bro handshake, yeah, you call it what you want.
1: So apparently the last time they saw each other was Vlad of Lostok, just before you got tapped to take over shield.
0: Yes, we're going to learn a lot about Wolverine and this issues, uh, many, many stories that are probably never told.
1: <laughs> right. So they play some cards.
0: And it turns out that uh, Logan is a pretty darn good uh, card player. And he apparently learned how to play cards from Carol Danvers in Saigon. Blame it on me, Ben. I taught him how to
2: play. Where was that Logan? Saigon?
0: Tokyo. Tokyo.
2: Don't despair. The night is still long.
1: So right, we're well, and I can believe this even if that story's never told. I mean, we're we're oh, yeah. led to believe throughout, you know, this this whole Logan Carroll stories or stories, I should say, that they've got kind of a long background. Actually, well, I forgot about some things that we're going to hear. Anyways, yeah, so they call. He's got trip deuces. Somebody's got a high king flush, and uh, somebody, Carol, I think she's got yeah. uh, uh, full house aces over jacks, and she wins
0: all the money. A lot of money. And there's a frame of a kind of wide shot where she looks really small in it. And all the chips are on her side of the table. She's all like,
2: oh, shucks. Did I do that?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Suddenly, there's a blinding light from the window. And uh, one of the vendors, I'm not sure who, says,
2: Jarvis, set the alarm. It might be an
0: attack. And you can't have a Wolverine story without Wolverine getting a panel where they describe his claws he pops his claws, but nobody sees him, and his action, masked by the tabletop from all save Carol, Wolverine extrudes a set of claws from their bionic housings built into his forearms. I'm surprised it is not mentioned that they are made of adamantium or that he's got adamantium-laced bones.
1: Right. Uh, or his incredible healing factor or etc. cetera. <laughs> um, yeah, so they get up. They get ready for action. Nick Fury, he grabs his gun. Uh and it turns out that this black lady flies in with a white and black costume. The lady we're not familiar with hey, Avengers Avengers fans are but
0: Yeah, I guess if we were reading Avengers we might know who this is. But, but uh, no we jumps up on the table.
1: He's got his claws need, out now though, so everybody knows I need to be up on the table
0: <laughs> so I can jump this lady better. <laughs>
1: So I don't know if that previous panel was them trying to be like, Logan's maintaining his secret identity. Uh, but in this next panel, he jumps up on the table. And he's still got his claws drawn. So
0: They also make a point of noting that nobody can see in all this bright light except for Carol Danvers.
1: Oh, so maybe they can't see his claws. Well, whatever. Yeah, so Thing is like, relax, man. This is a new Avenger. I'm surprised you haven't heard of her, Nick. <laughs> Seriously, where, your shield files
0: are not updated.
1: <laughs> Man, I read the files before coming over to the poker game, but she is not in them. So he's oh, like. A,
0: but Nick Fury does say, I have been. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> I just never saw her make an interest before. Very impressive.
1: Yeah. Oh, on the other hand, I wouldn't mind an introduction.
0: I think Carol
1: Danbury says that. I think you're right. Oh,
2: on the other hand, I wouldn't mind an introduction.
1: And that's when Thing says, Carol Danvers, or Carol Danvers, meet Captain Marvel. And she's all like, What? That's like a big slap to her face. She's like, But,
2: um, who? What? What about Marvel?
0: Yes, Marvel being the real Captain Marvel, or the original Captain Marvel, I suppose.
1: Now, uh, yes, yeah, so Marvel is the original Captain Marvel who somehow gave Carol some of his power all of his power, so that she could become Captain Marvel.
0: Oh, we'll learn all about that in nary a few pages.
1: All right, good. <clears throat> uh, so yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah. Don't worry about it. It's it's all good. Ben says. Well, he, he, she,
0: she's like, oh, is, is this the all new, all different? Uh, did did, did Marvel decide to retire, or is some is this some hitherto hitherto unsuspected side to his character? And everybody's all mad. It's like that ain't funny. <laughs> or in good taste. That, that's Ben Grimm.
1: Sin, since when is it a crime to be irreverent towards friends? Marvel can do the same for me anytime he always has. So, Carol,
0: don't you know?
1: So what is Carol saying here? Like, Carol, or Marvel could just give me some more powers.
0: No, she's saying uh, I can make jokes about him because he's my friend and he would do the same about me. Ah. But what we so don't know... So what's the big deal, you... You you jerks. <laughs> right.
1: And what we don't know and what Carol don't know is that Marvell is dead.
0: Well, we know that, because I covered it on this very podcast.
1: Oh, I don't listen to those, Adam. <laughs>
0: <laughs> in fact, I think I think some of the X Men were in that. It's surprising that nobody ever told her. Hmm. You'd think Wolverine would have told her. He was there. Maybe they didn't know how close she was to Marvell. Yeah, some friend.
1: Hmm. Anyways, so she's like, what? what, what, what? Was it murder? What happened? So Nick drops the next bomb. Not only is Marvel dead, but he died of cancer. No,
2: not cancer.
0: Wolverine sheds a tear. And kind <laughs> like, of, he's like, whoa, did
1: I do that?
0: He kind of, uh, he he knows.
1: He was in the story. Maybe he's just feeling so bad because he didn't get a chance to tell her. Oh, Oh, I really dropped the ball in that one. (laughs) I'm so sorry, Carol. (laughs) This this is kind of my fault. (laughs) So she bursts into binary form and she flies out of the roof, uh, just like she always does.
0: (laughs) Oh, my stars and garters, says Beast. There's a big hole in the ceiling now. I
1: thought she'd lost her superpowers. When she'd get better, thing says.
0: You know anything about this, Logan, says Nick Fury, and... That's when Logan says, pretty much all about it, Colonel. And it ain't none of your business. But I'm going to think about it for a while.
1: So Logan sits in the middle of the room, looking up at that hole, not moving, not blinking, (laughs) and recalls the entire story of Carol Danvers being transformed into binary by the brood. Yep. And everyone's like, Logan? Logan. (laughs) Uh, Logan.
0: Quiet, I'm thinking. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Logan. So she flies... Uh, to the stars, to the asteroid belt,
0: and uh, apparently she stopped by the planet Titan and went to some talk to some guy named Mentor, and he told her where to find Marvell's grave, and she does so, and she lands on the grave and looks like she kisses it. I think I don't know, maybe she's licking it for salt. It's hard to tell <laughs> what's going on here.
1: It's a salt lick for Carol. <laughs>
2: I'm like a deer. Hmm, that's good salt. They gathered here to honor you, Marvell, the best of Terra's heroes. All save me. Did you know? Did you remember? Did you care?
1: Do I sound harsh and unforgiving? Perhaps because I'm angry. They had their chance to save you and then to say farewell. Huh.
0: But I didn't. And then that's when she has her flashback about how she was a young, newly appointed chief at Cape Canaveral when... An alien shows up who is Marvel, and she falls in love with him, sort of, and they get it on, and and then during some sort of uh, I don't know Marvel story plotline, she she gets some of his powers.
1: Yeah, when your arch foe Colonel Jan Rog took me hostage, you came after me without a moment's hesitation, even though you knew it was a trap. I loved you for that, and yet hated you with every fiber of my being needing to be rescued. All of my life I'd fought to be my own woman. I couldn't bear to find myself helpless out of this cauldron was formed Miss Marvel. So something happened and she became Miss Marvel.
0: I yes, yeah, something.
1: Something. Uh, the seed of Marvel transformed her into Captain Marvel. You. <laughs> That's
0: what happens when you do an alien.
1: <laughs> so she's she's pretty sad about this whole thing about Marvel.
0: She goes flying around and then she lands. She goes back to Earth and on some sort of cliff. And then I guess she's been standing there for a while because the next thing she knows, Wolverine's behind her. And she's, Why'd you find me, Logan?
1: Yeah. Well, and he's like, we've been friends for a long time. I know you as well as I know myself. I knew where you to look, and so this is where Carol Danvers kind of reiterates, um, what she said before, where uh, she has her memories back. Uh, by the way, her powers were stolen by Rogue.
0: I I get the sense from this that it's not, it's not only it is it is very much reiterating, like you say, the same stuff that she said in X Men, where she can't she doesn't have. She remembers everything, but she doesn't have any feelings. She she talks about her f- uh, parents and how she she knows they're important to her and they have feelings for her, but she doesn't have feelings for them. Right. Uh, so Chris Claremont's still reiterating that sort of stuff. I feel like she kind of forgives, like she, like enough time has passed where she doesn't really care so much about Rogue. Right. But. I'm not. Maybe I'm wrong in that. I'm not really sure.
1: She's got the power of binary. She's got like a whole new life, I guess. Uh, she's coping. She, I mean, I think that's whole Chris Claremont's whole thing with Carol Danvers is she's been dealt a very rotten hand in life, but she's been able to cope through it all.
2: Um, but- Marvel was the last straw. I stood over his grave, my mind full to overflowing with images of what we'd done together. Oh yeah, what we once meant to each other. But I couldn't cry. I couldn't grieve.
1: But there's also this little tidbit here, this little delicious nugget. I owe you my life, Logan. I remember every detail of every mission, including maybe especially that last night in a Labianka prison. Mm. But it means nothing. Forgive me, but you mean nothing. So I'm I'm to believe that they did it in prison.
0: Oh uh, I would have to say so because there there is another there's there's yet another panel coming up where uh, yeah they they definitely did.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah. She wishes now that Xavier had never restored her memories. Better to start a new life with a new identity rather than to have all these memories with no emotions to go with them.
0: Rogue has my powers if she ever... or Rogue has my emotions, essentially. If she ever meets my family, she'll feel the love and affection that I now can only fake. So, uh, by the way, Corsair offered me a place among the Starjammers. I think I'm going to do that. You sure? Yeah. Well, she says,
1: "Of course not, but it's better than what I'm uh, got or staying where I am." And then underneath the blazing sun, Logan goes in for a hug and says, "I'll miss you, darling."
0: And she flies away and thinks to herself, "But I won't
2: miss you, Logan, not as a friend, not as anything but a friend, when once like Marvell, you were so much more." Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, they clearly had some sort of relationship.
1: And that is the final analysis is why I have to go. My life as Carol Danvers is over. The ghost finally laid to rest. So at long last, binary's life can begin. It begins, Adam. <laughs> you um, sounded
0: like Homer Simpson.
1: Well, nice. Uh, so, frankly, I hope this is the last story Like this, that we hear because it's like it feels like it's the third or fourth version of it. I'm
0: I'm, well, you know, uh, spoilers Carolyn is um, about to show up in the X Men again, so I'm gonna guess that we're gonna hear it some more.
1: You think we're gonna hear this story some more, or you think she's just gonna be binary? Because I hope she's just binary.
0: I don't know, we'll we'll see. I Chris Claremont doesn't let things go,
1: yeah, it's true,
0: not until they're nailed directly into your head.
1: Uh, Yeah, so moving right along here, we've got a story in Daredevil number 196.
0: Uh, July 1983 on sale, March 22nd of 1983, uh, 60 cents.
1: Hey, so that Marvel Fanfare story, that took place at this time, but it was written like three years in the future. Because wasn't that 1986 or 85?
0: This was Chris Claremont going back and kind of like adding in a story that he probably... Meant to tell or who knows. Yeah. Okay. It's like George Lucas filling in the gap of how Darth Vader got from the the Star Destroyer to the ship or something like that.
1: Completely unnecessary scene, by the right. way.
0: And this was kind of a necessary story, which, you know, but it was, it was interesting.
1: Nobody ever talked about that scene until they inserted that scene. Nobody. And when you <laughs> think about true. it, you're That's like, totally true. it is kind of ridiculous that he was in one place and then another place, but it,
2: you know, it just doesn't
1: freaking matter. Like it didn't matter. No, it really
0: didn't because it's movies and they yeah. do that all the time, but it's like. George, it really bothered George Lucas, apparently. Well, all that scene did was, like, slow the momentum
1: and the pacing down of the movie. You're like, why are we flying uh, yeah, in a it, ship? Like,
0: it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a badly <laughs> inserted scene. It ruins the pacing. It's, yeah, it's just bad.
1: <laughs> Welcome to the George Lucas podcast. and talking about how he destroyed his own creation and then ultimately, I guess, redeemed himself by selling it to Disney. Or not. We'll find out well, soon. We don't we don't know that
0: yet. We'll I find said, out at the end of the year.
1: I said or not.
0: Okay, okay, yeah,
1: yeah, all right, anyways, Daredevil, uh, on the cover of this, there's a picture of Wolverine who has got his uh claws coming out of the bottom of his hand. No, he's holding up a punk with his claws. It's very odd,
0: yeah, they're they're his hand is upside down, so they're coming out of the top, but yeah, it's uh his name is Wolverine, is he friend or the deadliest kind of enemy, and I feel like this. A uh, story is a very poor rendition of Wolverine. I feel like it's the early Wolverine without any characterization. This is not the Wolverine that we... Uh, this Wolverine is not up to date with what we know.
1: I believe that this is the first of many poorly written Wolverine stories in the pages of other people's comics.
0: Could be. Could
1: be. I don't ever... Like, I remember back in the day uh, reading other people like Spider-Man or Daredevil or Punisher or whatever. And Wolverine would show up and you'd be like, Oh, I'm going to buy this issue. Cause it's got Wolverine and you'd buy it and you'd read it and you'd be like, whoever wrote this doesn't know Wolverine. Like the, yeah. the Wolverine in this story is not my Wolverine. Like what are they doing? <laughs> it's like a, uh, a vague facsimile of what somebody might think Wolverine should be like if they'd never read the X-Men. But, yeah. Anyways, it's called, uh, it's called enemies. Uh, and, uh, Yeah.
0: Larry Hama did the breakdowns.
1: He did. I didn't know How that. about that. I didn't, I guess I didn't know he was an artist.
0: Yeah. He was an artist before he became a writer. Did he then, do
1: any art on Wolverine?
0: Uh, I don't believe so. Okay. But, um, I think, I think he was an editor and then he was an artist and then he decided that writing was just easier.
1: Well, this cover is not done by Larry Hammond.
0: And paid better.
1: Yeah, Probably. Well, anyways, yeah, so there's a there's a punk running through a a hospital and he's like, there's a bomb. It's going to explode any second. And it it does. Kapoof. It blows up. And He's like, there's another one. Now, how would you know that, sucker, unless you said it, says Wolverine, who's running down, smoking a stogie in full costume, and grabs the punk by his head and hits him in the eye.
0: And right away we know this story sucks.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Wolverine does not run around with a cigar in his mouth punching people.
0: And I have no idea what's going on. (laughs) Nope. But apparently he's coming after Bullseye. Bullseye's in the hospital And Wolverine, for some reason, needs to get to Bullseye. He goes up to wherever Bullseye is being kept. He sees a bunch of dudes stealing Bullseye. They got gas masks on. They fire guns at uh, Wolverine. They got kind of cool masks. And, uh, you know, this is, I guess, where if we don't know who Wolverine is, this guy's dead.
1: Yeah. Brack-a-brack-a-brack-a-brack-a-brack goes the machine guns. Wolverine, yeah, Could be dead, maybe, if we're just a Daredevil fan. We don't know who this guy is. But on the next panel, we see some doctors hovering over somebody saying, Incredible, he's coming around. And it is Logan. He's like, eh, I'm fine.
0: They were only 9 millimeters, Doc. Nothing worth worrying about. It's just I got a lung full of gas. I was dumb. (laughs)
1: So he puts his costume on. And he's like, uh, I'm a mutant, and I've got advantages, and an adamantium skeleton, and, uh, you wouldn't be interested.
0: But I am, says Daredevil.
1: What? Oh, Daredevil, right. Oh, and he lights up another stogie. The new
0: Wolverine of the famous X-Men. I didn't know, are the, a couple of these weird issues propose that the X-Men, everybody knows who the X-Men are. I mean, I guess, within superhero circles. Um...
1: I, yeah, the word, the word famous here is inaccurate. I think even amongst uh, superhero circles, because it's it's not really talked about too much yet in Marvel or X-Men continuity, but eventually they just kind of, the X-Men are like underground uh, outlaw superheroes that, yeah. you know, aren't, they're not the Avengers, they're not Spider-Man, they're not Fantastic Four, uh but anyways, I guess they're so pretty famous the Daredevil.
0: Should, he should have said the infamous X-Men. There you go. We'll just pretend that's what he said.
1: Yeah, so uh Wolverine's like, "Oh, that Bullseye. He's a uh uh he's he's a sparring partner of yours, right? Cuz I got to find him."
0: And Wolverine reveals that the reason that he's after uh Bullseye is because he's got a a buddy on the CIA who says that some people from Japan who might be related to the people who gave him his adamantium bones uh, are trying to kidnap Bullseye, and he wants to get to the bottom of it. But they might not be
1: right. <laughs> so, who's writing this again? Uh, Danny O'Neill.
0: Spoilers, they're not.
1: <laughs> right. Oh, and Danny O'Neill is the writer. Klaus Janson is the artist. Joe Rosen's the letterer. Christy Sheele is the colorist. Linda grants the editor Heem Schuter is the chief, and like you said, Larry hama is on the breakdowns. Break it down Larry
2: <laughs> Breakdowns. go ahead <laughs> give it to me Wolverine <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so anyways they uh uh they see a guy who is in uh, one of those bed things I, is is that uh he's a he's a guy that Wolverine took out, I guess.
0: Uh, Yeah, the, the that was the guy from the beginning that he knocked unconscious.
1: But apparently, like, he's really affected. This will become kind of a common theme in this issue of Daredevil being like, wow, you really used a lot of force on him.
0: Yeah, I like using force.
1: <laughs> and Wolverine being like, yep, did what I got to do. If you'd taken it easier on him, maybe we'd be able to question him.
0: Try not to be too harsh on me, bub. I got a delicate sensibility.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm also a comedian.
0: Listen, I know the Japanese, and you know the New York crime scene, and we both want to find Bullseye. Let's team up. Yeah. Mister. am not to... doing it the Marvel way where we have to fight first, but...
1: <laughs> That's right. This is all wrong. Why aren't they fighting first? Mr., to recapture Bullseye, I'd join the forces with the devil himself.
0: Sure can make a man feel wanted, Ugh. baby.
1: And they walk off down to a place called Josie's, but we flip our attention to the Kingpin, who is having a meeting with Cobra
2: Commander. (laughs) (laughs) Yup. You may be Mr. Kingpin, or you may, you may uh, not see my face, Mr. Kingpin.
0: Yeah, so this is like a Japanese crime lord who who is dressed exactly like Cobra Commander for some reason. I I don't know who this guy is. I don't know if he's an actual marvel. I think I think there is a – wasn't there a guy in Captain America who had a Cobra Commander mask on? Maybe yeah. it's that guy. Well, Didn't that turn out to be Nixon or something? <laughs> that
1: turned out to be Richard Nixon. He was the leader of the secret society or the sinister secret
0: society. Or no, it was Hitler.
1: No, it wasn't Hitler.
0: In league with Nixon or something.
1: No, Hitler didn't have anything to do with that storyline. You're talking about the amazing wheel of mutants that they used to power their spaceship over to Washington, D.C., right? Yes. Yeah, no, that was Richard Nixon, who was the the puppet master of everything. But I don't know if he was the guy that was wearing the Cobra Commander mask. It might have been. But no, Hitler had nothing to do with that.
0: I know that there is a guy who wears a Cobra Commander mask in the Marvel Universe who is Hitler.
1: Oh, well, that could be. Anyways, yeah, so Kingpin uh, is like, hey, uh, Bullseye is a buddy of mine. He's all broken up and stuff. Um, if you can fix him, that's great. So here's 20 of my men. Go get him. It's all irrelevant. It, it's all irrelevant. Yeah. Ir- irrelevant.
0: Right. Basically, the Japanese are bringing Bullseye back to Japan.
1: Yeah, because... Bullseye's broken, right. So, meanwhile, at Josie's bar, uh, there's some dudes talking about some stuff about Daredevil.
0: Yeah, they basically Wolverine and and Daredevil uh, find some punks and get some information out of them.
1: Right, but the, one of these punks, he's developed like some anti Daredevil spray. Squirt of it's... this on old Hornhead, and he'll be gasping and choking, and he'll also be blind because <laughs> he's not now and that's when daredevil shows up and he's like you want to test that spray on me i'll give you three seconds one two three and then he ducks behind a wall and then the spray gets uh, in the I, punk's he, face
0: he, he, he ducks behind i think he opens the door and the spray goes i don't know it's dumb
1: it's stupid <laughs> Gets,
0: the wind from outside blows the smoke in the other guy's face, and now he's blind.
1: Right. So he goes down to the ground, and the Daredevil's like, all right, you always talk. So I don't know why people always talk to you, but you're going to talk to me. So tell me what I need to know. How would I smuggle an invalid out of the country?
0: Uh, Go to a pier on Brooklyn.
1: You want to okay. find the Osama Maru, f- f- phony pippa papers. A guy sold him.
0: Wolverine takes the uh, the spray that makes the guy blind and sprays it on his armpits. Not bad. A little on the sissy side.
1: Now pay attention. Sp- this <laughs> next part, I ain't gonna repeat myself. These are adamantium claws. Hardest metal there is. Razor sharp. And if you talk, I'm coming back to kill you. Understand? Have a nice day.
0: <laughs> you, enjoy- you enjoy brutality, don't you? Says Daredevil, and we get a I don't know, a shadow of Wolverine with one big eye open where he's like,
1: hmm? yeah, it's yeah, it's not really well drawn. And then in uh, the show,
0: it, it gets the point across. He's and like, he's snickering, essentially.
1: And in, sh- uh, in the shadows, he turns to Daredevil and says, It's that kind of world, bub. You yeah, futzer. <laughs> Life's a bunch of futzers. You either futz or you get futzed.
0: Either scooter, you futs.
1: <laughs> I choose scoot, futson. <laughs> Anyways, they head on down to a phone booth where Logan or Wolverine makes a phone call to, I guess, his CIA person. And it's, uh, I don't know. It turns out it's this guy named Tarkington Brown that apparently Daredevil is quite familiar with.
0: And I guess he has a disease, so he's gonna. De- he's he's got a few more months to live. Yeah. I don't really know what that's all about.
1: Don't matter. Daredevil's like, that's a madman. You shouldn't be dealing with him. He's behind a murder squad. Blah, blah, blah.
0: Eh, whatever.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like my kind of folks. Uh, why don't you turn him in? He, I, this Tarkington guy apparently knows Daredevil's secret identity. Daredevil knows that Tarkington's going to die in a couple of months, so he's like, meh, I just let it go. One day he'll be dead and this whole thing will be fine. <laughs>
0: So. There's the Osama Maru. Looks like a real rust bucket. So, let's get up there. Cobra Commander is talking to Bullseye. And I like these shots of Bullseye. He's just kind of he's got this vacant stare.
1: Yeah, so apparently Bullseye has got a broken back. Um so maybe he's he's probably paralyzed here. Uh, and you're right. I mean, he we don't know, like, does he want to go to Japan? Is this Cobra Commander guy, like, using him as a puppet? Is he like, oh, man, I've been through a lot of crap. Maybe I should just give up this criminal life, but now I'm on a boat to Japan. This sucks. You can't really tell, but there could, there's a lot of possibilities conveyed on his facial expressions, in my opinion.
0: My guess, without having read or properly I never will read the next issue, is that Bullseye is going to take advantage of the situation and betray these guys.
1: Oh, that could be. So Daredevil and Logan, or Wolverine rather, they get onto the boat, and uh, they're about to kick some butts.
0: Wolver- um, Daredevil knocks somebody down, and Wolverine says, Nice move, he did, And Just... Wolverine says, or uh, Daredevil says...
1: He's just temporarily paralyzed. He'll be fine in an hour. Sorry to disappoint you. (laughs) Funny they only posted one guard, and this is when Daredevil uses his little sonic radar powery thing, and he says, we're not alone. And that's when, I guess, the lights come on, and there's like 20 dudes surrounding him.
0: Well, it can't be the lights coming on. They're behind a bridge.
1: Well, if you look at the previous panels, there's like nobody here. And then now it's, like, fully detailed lights, cars driving on an over that there. I mean, I actually kind of like this panel, to be honest.
0: I think the artist just decided to draw the background, and uh, and until he did that, they couldn't see what was going on. Oh.
1: Yeah, you futzer. It was all yellow before. Now, now I can see all sorts of things. Any idea how many? I count 20. Good, says Wolverine with a super cheesy grin that fills the entire panel of a page. Well, quarter of a page, I guess. And one fifth, but it's not very well drawn.
0: The boss said no guns. We don't want this to look like he had anything to do with it. With these odds, who needs guns? You do. You need cannons and armies to back them up. And you'd still lose.
1: Somebody, somebody hits Wolverine over the head with a pipe Wolverine turns around with a little snicker on his face. He's like, I even felt that. How about you? as he twists the metal rod around the thug's neck. Wolverine looks over at Daredevil's like, How you doing? Not I'm
0: Daredevil. They're 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 doing some fighting.
1: Not bad, he says as he does uh more elegant fighting. So they're really kind of portraying Wolverine as kind of this this down and dirty alleyway fighter guy.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Cobra Commander is surveying the carnage and he's like, Ooh, those two are magnificent warriors.
0: Hmm. It's too bad they're going to die.
1: <laughs> You're slacking. I got six of them. You only got four.
0: This is not a contest. It's a necessity. And then he punches somebody and says, Five.
1: <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> somebody in a car is like, Oh, they're fighting already. This is my big chance. And meanwhile, they're fighting more. Wolverine and Daredevil, until a thug comes around with an axe uh, and gets ready to cut Wolverine in half. Wolverine dodges out of the way, pops his claws, and literally, Adam, literally disembowels this man.
0: Really? Is that what's happening? I thought he just scratched his back.
1: It looks like his arm is going through his butt (laughs) and out his front. But
0: but the, the, the slash marks are on his back.
1: There's chunks of something flying from his pelvic area, Adam. And without the the uh, benefit of detail here, it looks like his hand is between his legs. <laughs> like, he oh, is, <laughs> because in the next panel, Daredevil's like, "Uh, well, at, at some point in here, he's going to be like, you didn't have to do that to that guy.
0: Well, no, it, it, Daredevil completely ignores this guy.
1: Oh, it's another guy that he does. But this yeah. panel makes it look like Wolverine has has taken this man's bowels and, and cut them out.
0: Yeah, fair enough.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe he hasn't. But that's when this man comes out. He pulls a gun. He's getting and ready. it's
0: Tarkington to... Brown.
1: He's about to shoot Daredevil in the back of the head.
0: And Wolverine stops him by slashing him. In the back. Uh, which... Yeah, which uh, didn't, I guess is more deadly than it looks, because uh, well, I guess he he's kind he's kind of dying now. Yeah, even though he's he's already dying, but now he's dying faster.
1: Wolverine says, "This is a late comer to the party. Your pal Tarkington Brown,
2: you struck him down in cold blood."
0: Hey, there wasn't time to let him warm up. He was going to shoot you. I saved your life, but don't thank me. Just buy a ticket to the Mutants Ball. Hey, that, <laughs> that, that that's a good one. The Mutants Ball. Huh, that's not a real thing. I made that up. <laughs> I'm Wolverine.
1: I'm <laughs> the best at what I do. And what I do is not making jokes. <laughs> Daredevil says, you've done that and you can joke? Even Daredevil can't realize when uh, a joke isn't funny <laughs> or isn't a joke. or doesn't make any sense. Well, if you do that again, I'm not inviting you to the Daredevil ball. Heh, 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 heh.
0: Um, I'm getting tired of your holier-than-thou routine, and then Wolverine runs off the panel, and we don't see him for the rest of the issue.
1: Yep. It turns out Tarkington's okay. He'll
0: live, and... Well, no. Uh, Daredevil has to make a choice. He can either jump on the ship and and save... uh, Well, rescue Bullseye and get him back into jail, or he can save Tarkington Brown, who's going to die... In a couple months anyway, and he decides, well, I better do it.
1: Yeah, so this whole issue, I don't know. Because I'm
0: not Wolverine, and Wolverine would just let him die.
1: Right, and so this whole issue to me feels like, like a morality lesson for us from Daredevil. I certainly hope that every issue of Daredevil isn't like this.
0: I don't know. Never really read Daredevil.
1: But, uh, yeah, so anyways, he, as Matt Murdock, is going to head off to Japan to find Bullseye. But we don't care because that uh, Wolverine's done. In the story. Yep. So, we turn our uh, attention now to Doctor Strange number 57 and number 58. Because, Adam, haven't you wanted to know what's going on with Margoli and Jemaine? Yeah. <laughs> Listeners, do you remember who Margulie and Jemaine are? Well, well, I do. I'll tell you. That would be Nightcrawler's half-sister and foster mother. Or Amanda Sefton, Nightcrawler's we know, girlfriend.
0: We know Jermaine better as Amanda Sefton.
1: <laughs> yes, the incestual foster family.
0: And I have to say one thing about issue 57. The art in this is really good.
1: Yeah, so that one is uh, it's done by a guest penciler, Kevin Nolan. Uh, Roger Stern's the writer, Terry Austin's the inker, Jim Novak's the Letter, Bob Sharon's the colors, Al Milgram's the editor, and him
2: Hutter is the maitre d' serving us food.
1: <laughs> yeah, so this one we're gonna just kind of breeze on by. Basically, Doctor Strange is holding tryouts for his uh, assistant. Well, or his...
0: He, he's he's he lost his assistant who was Clea, his his girlfriend slash assistant, and uh, he doesn't want another assistant. But for some reason, people know that he needs another assistant or disciple, not assistant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they keep showing up, and he keeps getting really annoyed by it. And he's like, this is annoying. I don't know how to stop this. And he keeps sending him away. And uh, we even get a scene of Dr. Doom thinking about being his disciple. But he's like, nah, I don't got time for it.
1: I'm Dr. Doom. Uh, So about two, uh, maybe a third of the way through the issue – a, uh, a woman who is slightly familiar to to some of us, if we've really been playing a uh, paying close attention, it's Jemaine Cezardaz, first born woman child, and heir of Margali of the Winding Road. She is able to make herself appear through Doctor Strange's candles because I think Doctor Strange cast a spell or something on the front of his uh, house so nobody could come in. And she's like, "I want to be your
2: disciple."
0: And it's my right. And Doctor Strange is like, Ugh. "All right, I'll hold trials." Come, and uh, but ba- you gotta wait a couple of days.
1: Come back in three days. We'll have a big old thing. A disciple off. So they
0: reference uh, her mother's powers back in X Men Annual Number Four. Just in case we didn't know what was going on,
2: right? She's like attesting, but I am the daughter of Margali, she who is the sorceress supreme. Come on, I got, <laughs> I got cred.
0: So, no, Doctor no, Strange, no, 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 no.
1: <laughs> <laughs> go away.
0: Doctor Strange rents out a bar called the Bottom End where they decide to hold the the trials, and um, Jermaine. Well, he basically tells the crowd, "Look, I ain't looking for a disciple." I don't don't want this. And Jermaine says, no. You gave you said there would be a trial.
2: You promised. And And by by the dark hold there shall be.
1: So she's shooting Doctor Strange, and Doctor Strange is just holding up his hand, like, Yon, I can take care of this. And she she binds up Jermaine.
0: And eventually I don't and know. that's when Margali shows up and says, You dare to humble the child of the Sorceress
2: Supreme?
0: Right. That's when Doctor Strange is like, Aha! I knew you were behind this, you crazy Sorceress Supreme. Now the true testing has begun. And they battle each other in some sort of alternate spooky world.
1: Yeah. Doctor um, Strange we're... casts a spell to get them out of the bottom end and take them to some crazy plane. And they do some magic fighting, and it looks like Margali is getting the upper hand.
0: There's a lot of
2: pew 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 pew. She
0: pulls. That's, that's how. That's what magic sounds
1: like. Oh, absolutely. She pulls out her wand, and with the loudest pew you've ever heard, knocks Doctor Strange into next Tuesday. <laughs> well, not really. But she does. She's like, it's over. It's done. Thus end all those who dare to po- oppose the will of Margali. And she holds up the body of Dr. Strange and she pulls out her wand and she's getting ready to give it to him when she, uh, Dr. Strange, takes her wand away. and
0: He was playing possum.
1: Yes, he, he casts the circle of Sidorak. Hold neath thy crest this artifact foul and save the possessed. Because he rhymes. He's a rapper. Oh, yeah. You betcha. <laughs> Circle of Sidorak, hold neath the crest.
0: Hit this it artifact, foul and save the
1: possessed. Oh,
2: oh, oh, oh,
1: oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, anyways. Um,
2: no, I must have my wand. My wand is all without and I am powerless. A mere mortal, an ugly gypsy. Well, oh, Doctor Strange, bless you. You saved me.
0: It turns out that Margali was in fact being possessed by the wand, and the wand made her the big sorceress supreme, but really she was just an old gypsy lady. And um yeah, apparently uh Jermaine also was being controlled by the wand. And it turns out that the test that uh Dr. Strange was gonna put them through was actually a test for himself to make sure that he could he could actually figure out what was going on and save everybody. And he, and he did. He passed. Yeah. So Mother Zardos is no longer have powers, and presumably neither does Amanda Sefton.
1: Well, well, we'll see about that. But, yeah, so he sends away all of the disciple wannabes, and he's like, Look, everybody, I don't want any followers, and I'm going to hypnotize you, and you will go forth and tell everybody that Doctor Strange needs no followers.
0: But you won't remember this either.
1: Yeah, so it's going to be very (laughs) difficult for you to pass that message along.
0: So it'll be like, you'll be just like at the grocery store and you'll be like, Dr. Strange doesn't want any followers, but you don't know why you'll be saying that.
1: (laughs) Uh, Sir, you need 50 cents for your milk. (laughs) Dr. Strange wants Uh, no followers. Uh, uh, Okay. (laughs) I just work here.
0: (laughs) Uh, I'll pass on the message. I feel compelled to for some reason. I don't know. It's weird.
1: Jemaine, she transforms from that to Amanda Sefton. Although she never actually, we never actually see the name Amanda Sefton.
0: They never once call her Amanda Sefton, it's true. She's
1: always Jemaine, but she turns into like a plain clothed uh, woman rather than a sorceress. And they're like, oh, the nightmare's over. It's never going to happen again. Doctor Strange snaps the wand in half. And uh, Wong and some other lady come in and they're like, you were gone. That was weird. Your magic. And... One would think that is it, except it's not. We go over to Doctor Strange number 58 with the same uh, cast, except Dan Green is in for pencils. Ooh.
0: And Dan Green, you know,
1: mm-hmm. you know, he's got X-Men some jobs. guy. He, yeah. He's
0: he, he'll be he'll be coming along shortly, but he's he's not as good as the other guy. No, I mean, he's good, but the other guy's better.
1: Dan Green, uh, he is very well teamed with somebody else whose name is escaping my mind right now.
0: Uh, is it? No, it's not Mark Silvestri. It's uh
1: No, because Mark Silvestri is a penciler. Right. Does Dan Green ink? I,
0: I feel think, like yes, Dan, yes. Dan Green is the inker.
1: He is. So Silvestri and Green come up with like, in my mind, some of the best uh, X-Men art. I mean, maybe next to John Byrne for all you purists, but some pretty darn good artwork. Uh, Dan Green as the inker and yeah. Silvestri as the penciler. But anyways, that's not for a while. Um, this issue, some junk is going on that I didn't really read, but it's basically like the return of Jemaine, isn't it?
0: Yeah, we get, we get, we, uh, the, we don't even really need to cover this issue. Others than to say that Jemaine, uh, says thanks and uh, they go away. And this is where we learn definitively that this is Amanda Sefton, uh, because she says that she works for a, uh, oh. She's a TWA uh, flight she's a, she's attendant. She's a TWA flight attendant. Yes. So, like, yes, this is definitely Amanda Sefton. They're all very happy. I, I'm. It feels like in the the, the end with the neither Mother Sardos or Amanda Sefton having powers, but I don't, I guess we'll find out.
1: Well, I don't know about Mother Sardos, but I do know that Amanda Sefton she's a magic person. After this,
0: okay. Spoilers. So. Maybe this will be mentioned, but probably not
1: probably not
0: anyway it was it was interesting uh, the rest of the issue um involves Dr Strange doing all sorts of weird trippy things and um and it references the fact that uh, Dracula is being reincarnated
1: oh storm better watch out
0: yeah mm. that's all the other than that it doesn't really matter
1: there's one really cool panel of some dude who's face i think it's dr strange's face is like cut up into like a giant ribbon
0: yeah that's what i'm talking about it's trippy it's
1: a sweet panel but uh
0: anyways let's keep this train of moving on here we've got uh marvel team up annual number six which teams up spider-man cloak and dagger and the new mutants
1: i'm gonna sit this one out because i did not read this
0: uh i i'll try to cover this very quickly then uh spider-man teams up with the uh with Cloak and Dagger. Cloak and da- Did you Do not know anything about Cloak and Dagger? I want to know more about Cloak and Dagger.
1: Growing up, uh, the gas station down the road, they sold comic books on the rack, as, as one does. And some of the titles that they frequently had on their little racks was G.I. Joe, um, uh, uh, G.I. Joe, Transformers, a couple of others, and then Cloak and Dagger. And I always remember thumbing through the Cloak and Daggers being like, ooh, this really interests me. Like, a, I don't know. They, they just seemed kind of like um, a pair of people that didn't quite fit, weren't super duper powerful, but seemed like kind of an interesting duo. I don't know. That's all. I mean, no. So I don't know anything about Cloak and Dagger, other than uh, Cloak can teleport, and I don't know what Dagger does.
0: Uh, well, you. this issue tells you pretty much everything as far as their origin story goes. Well, I didn't read it, um, so fill us in, Adam. So Cloak and Dagger were a couple of teenage uh, teenagers. I don't know if they knew each other before this or not, but they got kidnapped by some drug dealers who were trying to develop a drug to enhance uh, teenagers in order to um, make them... Slaves to them, but super powerful slaves uh, Most of these drugs Killed teenagers But for some reason Cloak and Dagger survived And became Cloak and Dagger And they became good guys And they vowed never to uh, Let drug dealers Push drugs on teens again
1: So what what is Dagger's powers?
0: Dagger has light powers And Cloak has Dark powers, so Cloak Swallows people up in uh, Crazy darkness and they they get terrified and stuff. Um, Dagger shoots them with light, which um, seems to be effective.
1: <laughs> ah, light! Ah! So that's pretty on the nose. You said, like, Cloak deals in dark power, and he's a black man. <laughs> and yeah. Dagger deals in light powers, and she's a white, ha- white blonde girl.
0: It's, a it's very... little on the nose. Yeah, it's very <laughs> 80s. It's very... Um, so I feel uh... like
1: today if they did a Cloak and Dagger, like, Cloak would be white uh, and Dagger would be black. And they would have, like, opposite powers. Hmm. I don't know, just to be sensitive or something. I wonder if we get a Cloak and Dagger show. Based on that description, I, I think that that could work as, like, a Netflix original series, like, eight eight episodes per season.
0: I feel like they've definitely showed up in cartoons. Maybe um,
1: not that I've ever seen, but I do. I do really like Dagger's outfit. <laughs> it reminds me of Dazzler. Well, so it's a very skin tight white costume, but it's got a cut out of a dagger on her chest and stomach, which goes over her boobs. And Adam, when you're like ten or thirteen, you're like, "Wow, that's a lot of skin <laughs> to be showing." I can How see
0: costumes. They on. I
1: can see under boob.
0: so uh so back to the story uh hey
1: one other question the thing that's over her right eye is that a monocle or what is that
0: that is um part of her costume design what is it is it a a monocle it's a circle (laughs) Uh
1: is it (laughs) makeup
0: i think it's makeup but i don't think it's makeup i think it's part of her uh, physical attributes Uh aha all right like, I don't think they have costumes. I think they are either in their costumes or they're not. Got like I think they're always in their costumes, but sometimes it appears as though they're not. Got it. And maybe not even that. I don't think you ever see them outside of their costumes in this issue. Got it. So uh, Spider-Man discovers that Cloak and Dagger have discovered that the drug pushers that were originally testing them on drugs are back at it again, and they're trying to find teens.
1: Hey, Adam, I got another question.
0: Do you think okay. Cloak and Dagger have ever done it? No.
1: Whoa. What would happen if Clo- Cloak and Dagger did it and they had a baby? What kind of Cloak power... doesn't
0: Cloak doesn't have a body. He doesn't. No, he's got a his his cloak is empty. Get out of here. It's he's he is he has a head with a cloak. I guess he does have uh mm-hmm. sometimes the cloak goes back and he's got like a uh no definition black body.
1: Yeah, I'm looking at a panel where it's just it's black, but he's got legs and a body. So I mean, one could assume mm-hmm. he's got maybe a a silhouette of a working member?
0: I I, I don't <laughs> have an answer to that question. <laughs> oh,
1: all right. Sorry, carry on. This, this Maybe. Is, this, this story is enthralling me. Keep going. I
0: mean, they're, they're teenagers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got hormones. They might have experimented. I don't know if they do. Have, they're very serious they about got, everything.
1: They got hair growing in new places and stuff, <laughs> you know. <laughs>
0: Uh, So, yeah, they're on the track of uh, the drug dealers that gave them their powers, who are planning to make more uh, teens give powers that will control them. Uh, The New Mutants get involved and they drug up uh, Roberto and uh, Rain Sinclair. Mm. Wolfsbane. Yeah. And... um, Yeah, a lot of stuff happens. There's a church. Like on page 30, it looks like they're possibly
1: doing it, Adam. It's
0: like page 30. Dagger goes inside of Cloak. No, everybody goes inside of Cloak. Oh, man. Cloak's a freak. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's part of Cloak's power is if if you go inside a cloak and you're a bad guy, you are scarred for life, it seems.
1: Oh.
0: It's kind of like Ghost Rider's penance stare. Yeah. It's scary and stuff. But uh the, the drug pusher who is uh who is who is pushing the drugs on these people has wolverine hair. He does? Yeah. Page. Page
1: th- twenty-three. Oh. I didn't read this.
0: <laughs> Anyways. Uh so cloak and dagger save the day. They they have to fight the new mutants because, like I said, they get all drugged up. But uh the New Mutants of course after everything is okay uh, The way that they save the day Is that Cloak and Dagger uh, uh, Absorb all the drug, the drugs And then through each other's powers They are able to Get rid of the drugs And that's, that's the page that you're talking about Where Dagger goes inside of Cloak's cloak Something about their uh, Light powers and dark powers Enables them to get past the drugs It's
1: pretty hot <laughs> um, they both look like they're in ecstasy Adam
0: Well they're in pain Ecstasy Okay fine <laughs> uh, So the New Mutants say Hey uh, you guys got powers And you know We should totally get you to uh, Come to the Professor Xavier's Mansion and stuff And then at first they're like yeah that sounds really cool But then and they're like well no, nah, we walk alone Yeah. And it ends with Spider-Man saying, yeah.
1: (laughs) It looks like this this round thing on Dagger's face is part of her eyebrow. So maybe she just has like a really freaky eyebrow that grows around her eye.
0: Um, okay.
1: (laughs) Sorry, I just, uh, yeah. So there's a pinup of Arcade.
0: And several other people, including uh, Despair, remember him?
1: Despair, yep.
0: The Sperry?
1: Yep, I remember him. Well, that no, was... There's, uh, there's
0: there's not much to write about, about this this particular issue. It's got the New Mutants in it. Um, they get to meet Spider-Man for the first time, and they get to say, I heard about Spider-Man because the professor talked to him, and the X-Men have met him, and that's great. Yeehaw! And Spider-Man recognizes their costumes. Those are like, not the X-Men, but they're wearing old school X-Men costumes. They must be related somehow. Yeah. I won't, I won't fight them immediately. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which is weird. Another, this must be an 80s thing where they don't immediately fight each other.
0: Yeah, let's stop doing that, guys.
1: It doesn't seem to work out ever. Well, let's turn our attention now to Marvel 2-in-1
0: featuring The Thing number 96. You may remember. Oh, the, I remember. The issue where The Thing... Takes on the champion guy and Colossus and Thor and all sorts of other people take him on in a boxing match. Yes. This is a direct follow up to that. Yes. It He's is in the hospital after that.
1: This one's written by Tom DeFalco, Ron Penth- or Wilson's on the pencils, Mike Esposito on the inks, Joe Rosen's lettering, George Russo's coloring, Grant and Tooks are the editors. I haven't heard of those people.
0: Grant and Tooks. Grant and Tooks, editors at at large. Grant and Tooks, that's us. We're Grant. I'm Tooks. I'm Grant. I'm Tooks. Hey. (laughs) Hey, Tooks, you seen Grant? Grant, I'm right here.
1: Tooks, Tooks, where are you? Heem Schuter is looking for you.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Did you you mention this one's called Visiting Hours? Because it's called Visiting Hours. Grant, Tooks, Visiting (laughs) Hours.
1: Where is Tooks? Tooks is visiting Grant. Oh, that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. um, I didn't know they, they. I did read they, this
0: one. Oh. Well, there's not a whole lot. I mean, the X-Men are in it for like uh, two pages, so I'll be very quick. I
1: mean, I get thing the gist the, of thing, it, but...
0: Thing is in the hospital, and they talk about his last two adventures, which is why he's in the hospital, including the fight with the champion, which happened directly before this. They also talk about the fact that the gladiator visited Earth um, in, in X-Men, or uh, Fantastic Four number 249. And I was curious about that, so I went back and read 249 and 250, which featured the x-men
1: oh we didn't we didn't read them oh wait we talked about this
0: turns out it's not really the x-men it was scrolls yeah
1: that's why we didn't cover it
0: right and and you can tell right away they're scrolls because they talk like scrolls no nobody figures it out that was kind of fun it featured spider-man and captain america Hmm. and gladiator
1: so my question is uh Is everything that's happening in this issue really happening or is Thing having like a fever dream?
0: No, this is all really happening, but Thing never actually realizes that any of it's happening. Um, All the villains of the Marvel Universe decide that since the Thing is bedridden, they're going to attack him and be the ones that kill the Thing. And basically the whole Marvel Universe is visiting the Thing and they happen to keep bumping into and stopping all of these villains. Um,
1: Yeah. Every villain... I think is here, and every superhero stops every villain while they're trying to go visit the thing.
0: Yes, it's it's that's pretty much what happens. We get uh, we get some some females uh, who are who in classic uh, comic book form introduce themselves. Uh, someone says blah 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 blah, and then the response is, "You needn't be later over the obvious, Tanya." And then the follow-up is, get off her back, Screaming Mimi, or you'll have to answer to Pound Cakes. (laughs) And then another lady says, ladies, ladies, this is no time for catfight. Save your claws for the thing. And they respond, we hear you, Letha. So name check. We got all four of them. So I recall
1: Titania. I recall Screaming Mimi. I don't know who Pound Cakes and Lethia are. (laughs)
0: But isn't that a great name, Pound Cakes?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is. And she's the strong one of the group, Adam. Oh, you betcha.
2: I'm Pound Cakes. I'm here to pound you into cake and and then eat it because I love cake. Oh, God, I (laughs) could go for some cake right now.
0: Yeah, Uh, uh, Dr. Doom is in this one, too. And he says, uh, I could easily destroy the thing, but uh, why would I do that? That's not my way. And then we get a shot of all the villains walking down the street. MODOK is above them. Well, and wait a minute now. The, Why, the X-Men show up. The X-Men show up earlier than that,
1: but, like, what is their role in this? They don't even do anything.
0: Uh, They say stuff.
1: Yeah, but it seems like, you know, a villain shows up, and they're like, oh, we're Titania and Pound Cakes, and Captain America's like, I'm going to beat you up. And then I guess well, the Captain X-
0: America beats them up, but then the ladies get the upper hand on Captain America, and that's when Cyclops shows up and blasts. Pew! A high-intensity power blast pushing the grapplers back. Storm, it looks like we arrived just in time to help Captain Captain America.
1: Ooh!
2: Hmm.
1: Uh, and that's when Captain America says, "The X Men," and that's it.
2: To think I was
0: afraid this hospital visit would be boring.
2: Wolverine, you'll have some. You'll have all the action you want, plus some luck.
0: And that's when the bad guys appear, and that's then cool. we get a we get a full page battle, and the X Men are in that too.
1: Yep. There's also like a like a conference of heroes happening.
0: Yeah, they're all just hanging out at the hospital.
1: Yeah, the big <laughs> like table. They're all
0: in the, this is like a big waiting room table.
1: Hulk is even there, and he's all
0: calm and stuff. Well, Hulk is Bruce Banner right now, so
1: oh, that's right, I forgot. Yep, and that's when all the big villains come. There's a one big splash page panel, and then one of the villains has made it past everybody, and. It turns out that a Sandman. That apparently and
0: Sandman, and he brought a box of cigars and a six-pack.
1: Yep. Apparently, Sandman isn't that bad after all. All he wants to do is hang out and yeah. have a couple beers.
0: It says, last time we met, you gave me a chance to get myself together and to straighten um, out my life. I've still got a long way to go, but I couldn't have gotten even this far without you. Let's be friends.
1: Hey, don't get mushy on me. I don't want no tears watering down my beer. And they sit and they drink and they smoke long into the evening.
0: I'm really curious. Does this friendship last? <laughs> I have no idea. I don't know either. Does anybody out there know? Because I dug. Does this, is this ever referred to again?
1: Yeah. Is this thing between the thing and the Sandman an actual thing?
0: Because I know eventually the Sandman becomes bad again. But I wonder if, like, he regrets it. Because because of his good old friendship with the thing. Don't know. But um, another funny part about X Men or uh, Fantastic Four number two fifty is the scroll that is uh, pretending to be Nightcrawler is like, Ugh, I chose to be the weakest, most useless member. This is uh, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: poor Nightcrawler! <laughs> All right, folks, home stretch. We got two left, and we'll start off the. The last of the two with Marvel team-up Spider-Man and Kitty Pride, number 135.
0: Yes. Sir. And and much like the first issue of Marvel Fanfare, there's a slight continuity problem that I have. I didn't really talk about it in Marvel Fanfare because it wasn't that big a deal. But uh, here here it's a big old guffaw, and, and I think I have a solution.
1: Well, Adam, let's uh, first of all... Where are the credits for this issue? There are no credits. Like, nobody's taking credit for
0: this. <laughs> it's not a good sign. Oh,
1: here it is. Okay, so Bill Mantlo um, is the is the story. Ron Friends and Mike Esposito on art. Joe Rosenletter, George uh, Russo's colorist, Tom DeFalco, and Danny Fingeroth are the editors. So they are the people that you need to point a, a firm finger at and say, what the heck? And then... The Morlock, the guy in charge, Him Chuter overseeing the whole thing. Really, if the buck's gonna fall somewhere, it's gotta fall with him, right?
0: Yeah, I, I guess so. Jim's- it's a kind of a it's a cool cover. We got we got Spider Man and Kitty Pride with two little kids and they're getting charged by what I presume are murlocks, and it says in the lair of the Morlocks.
1: At which point you no longer presume that they are Morlocks?
0: We well, would have to, yeah. At that point, you assume <laughs> that they are more lungs.
1: Yeah. So we we start this one off with a bang, and it's called, by the way, Spider Man and Ariel together. Is she officially Ariel yet? She must be.
0: Has that happened? There's a trade. It's referred to as Ariel a lot in these issues.
1: There's an Ariel. Uh, there's a trademark next to the name Ariel, so it's got to be real. Mm-hmm. And we start this one out. With a bang, there's a train that's running loose on the subway rails, and on top of this runaway train is Spider-Man.
0: Can he be responsible this? Spider-Man's
1: like, oh, come on, everybody, I'm trying to stop the train. Why has always somebody got to be blaming me?
0: <laughs> no one likes a Spider-Man.
1: <laughs> but Spider-Man, he he doesn't give up. He jumps through the train, and he, he stops the guy who's hijacking the train, and he... Jumps up to the front of the train because he needs to engage the dead man brake, which I guess is something that happens if you, I don't know, the driver has a heart attack or something. Right. It's like a fail safe. Right. And uh, so he, he eventually does, but it's not in time because there's another train at him. It's coming right
0: at him. Right. And there's no way that the train's going to stop. So he leaps across to the other train and he's like, all right, get out of the first car because these trains are going to hit. And they do, and Spider-Man's right in the middle when it happened, and he gets tossed aside like a something flying that gets tossed aside like uh, something.
1: Like so much rubbish.
0: Like debris in a wasteland of Eternia.
1: Whoa. He, man.
0: I have the power.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and everyone's like, oh, man, where's Spider-Man? He saved us. He couldn't have saved. He couldn't have survived. Well, he
0: must have been smashed into mush, yeah, no by sympathy
1: for trains, no sympathy for the spider, but he was thrown clear, and this is where an arm uh picks him up by the back of his costume and drags him off
0: and A couple of dudes say we have been prohibited by the x-men from raiding the surface world, but there is nothing preventing us Morlocks from seizing those humans who come to us. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Yes, I found a loophole in the contract. How oh, delicious.
0: This whole issue is a loophole.
1: <laughs> Meanwhile, in Westchester County, Kitty Pride is babysitting. And she's on the phone talking to the X-Men. She's like,
2: this is stupid. Why is the professor making me babysit? I'm an X-Man. I shouldn't be doing teenage things. <laughs>
0: and This is where I have my continuity guffaw. Okay. So... We know that this issue takes place after the X-Men have gone to meet the Morlocks and Storm is now their leader and has forbade them from doing stuff. Hang on.
1: Hang on. Hang on. So that is uh, issue number 170.
0: And we know that already at this point Wolverine has gone to the Rocky Mountains.
1: How do we know that?
0: Because he he left a few in in the pages of X-Men.
1: Couldn't this take place... After they all get back from Tokyo?
0: Uh, no, because Storm's hair is normal.
1: (gasps) She doesn't have her mohawk. Oh, Adam, you're really good at this. So, Logan flew back for a quick (laughs) visit while Kitty was babysitting to pick up some suits and some other stuff for the big wedding that never actually happened. Even though... I think in X Men number one seventy two or one seventy three, they say he's been here for ten weeks. Right. So I have another theory. This mm-hmm. is not a Doombot. It's a Loganbot. <laughs> I don't it's know, a Storm. Point. I've always had the same opinion. F kids as W C Fields. I like embroiled.
0: Yeah, it's got to be some sort of <laughs> scroll or some sort of super spy. And during the rest of this issue in which the rest of the X-Men are not in, they must stop it. And they never once refer to this when they go to Japan. Oh, we bumped into this crazy Logan bot. <laughs> um hmm. I had another yeah. theory. Okay. And that might be that this is this most of this issue takes place from Kitty's perspective, and maybe she mishears somebody on the other side of the phone because she misses Logan. And really, that's like the professor saying those lines.
1: I dunno, Storm. I've always had the same opinion of kids as W. C. Fields. I like 'em broiled.
0: I do not are like you, children. You, or like, maybe like the new or, mutants. Or maybe it's uh, the thing is visiting, and he has a similar voice. I
1: dunno, Storm. <laughs> Alright, never mind. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess we can go with any one of those. Or Shi'ar. Let's just say Shi'ar. She are. You know what? They missed. They missed Wolverine so much that they went to Lilandra and they said, "Lilandra, we need a Logan clone for a day," and it just happened to be this day.
0: Maybe they're in the Danger Room.
1: <laughs> this is all a Danger Room simulation. Yeah, actually, this whole issue could just be a Danger Room simulation. <laughs> Let's just go with that. Okay. Uh, none of this actually ever happened. It's all a Danger Room. It's a Danger Room lesson for Kitty. That actually makes a lot of sense
0: because there's another <laughs> lot of other weird things happening in this issue.
1: Right. There's a bunch of things that aren't quite right here. So let's just go with that. It's a danger room sim- simulation. Anyways, the kids, uh, there's an older brother and a younger brother. And they're basically playing like a Dungeons and Dragons. But it's called like Sewers and Serpents or something like that. Uh, and the older brother is like, why are you always being such a fraidy?" no-gut person. We gotta go get the monsters in the sewers and serpents. And the little brother's like, well, I don't know. We should probably think about this. (laughs) And that's important. It's an important detail. I'm not just giving you backstory for the sake of giving you backstory.
0: Kitty slams down the phone, and that's when the caption says, she is a teenager and the member of the Uncanny X-Men known as Ariel. So, it's official in this issue that she is Ariel, which... If It hasn't really been spelled out in the Uncanny X-Men that she's Ariel. So maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe this is a danger room simulation, and th- this whole thing is happening in Kitty's head. This whole thing is like a fantasy of Kitty's.
2: I'm the X-Men member known as Ariel. Yeah. Yeah. Or,
1: yeah, yeah. So not in her head. It's, it's a danger room simulation, but Ilana's like set it up. So really, the only two people that know about this are Kitty and Ilana.
0: It's a figment of her imagination. (laughs) Yeah, Kitty's going crazy. She
1: took some bad shrooms and she's not having a good time. Worst shrooms. Yeah. And so these two kids won't shut up. They're fighting. The younger brother's like, I don't want to follow the rules. And the older brother's like, you got to follow the rules. And that's actually kind of important for the rest of the the, the issue, too. Uh, Yeah. But uh, Kitty's like, go to bed. I'm done. Get out of here. So she puts the kids to bed. Oh, god! But then to to do like an inception thing, she's like,
2: "Geez, what a workout! I feel like I've been run through level ten in the X Men's Danger Room." So,
0: so but I'm she, in the Danger she, Room. So, so wait, she is in level ten.
1: Is the is time going super slow in like the Danger Room? But <laughs> she's in another Danger Room where time's also going slow, and there's like a cup of coffee that's spilling super slow, and like a truck going over a bridge super slower. Is that what's happening right now, Adam? Yes. Are they on an it's airplane? All, Is it's, somebody... a
0: figment, it's a figment of Kitty's imagination and everybody's inside of her head.
1: Is the road folding in on top of itself?
0: She's dreaming.
1: I didn't really care for that Inception movie. I'm just going to say, that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't either. It was, it was pretty. It looked great. But, you know, the story, for me, left some things lacking.
0: And yeah, it's, I feel like Christopher Nolan, that's what he does. He, he has these really interesting big concepts and then he makes really boring action films out of them. That's he, my take.
1: He did that one movie uh, with, who's the guy? He liked Christian Bale, but Christian Bale was super skinny. Uh, and he. No, I,
0: that was The Machinist. He didn't do that one.
1: It wasn't him?
0: No, it was somebody else.
1: Oh, well, The Machinist was good. But oh. I guess if that wasn't Christopher Nolan, then he doesn't get any credit for it. <laughs> what else has he done other than, than the uh, other than the Batman movies?
0: He did Interstellar.
1: Oh, which was okay.
0: Um, In between the Batman movies, he did The Prestige. Didn't see it. No, check it out. It's got Hugh Jackman and somebody else that's famous.
1: The only Hugh Jackman movie I've seen outside of the X-Men is Swordfish.
0: I think Christian Bale's in it too, actually.
1: And Swordfish was fun.
0: Scarlett Johansson's in it. Oh, wow.
2: Well.
1: Yeah, anyways, uh, so Kitty falls asleep while she's babysitting. The kids are going to play real-life sewers and serpents, I guess.
0: (laughs) They sneak out, and conveniently, there's a pit in their backyard that leads directly into the sewers.
1: Adam, did you ever see – there was a made-for-TV movie starring Tom Hanks called like – it wasn't called Sewers and Serpents, but it was – kind of called sewers and serpents where tom hanks was super addicted to a dungeons and dragons like game so much so that he couldn't perceive reality from the game
0: i am familiar with this yeah but i don't think i ever saw it i think as a kid i just heard of it
1: oh okay i saw it it was funny it seemed like a propaganda film from parent advocacy groups that were like dungeons and dragons will rot your brain (laughs) Uh, anyways these kids are
0: are imagination is bad
1: Yes. You might not be able to perceive reality if you use your imagination. Stop thinking. Anyways, they uh, they they the the older brother, he pops down into the pit uh, and he's like, oh, you're such a scaredy cat.
0: It's, well, no, the younger brother is the one that pops into the pit. Is it? It's the, the older brother is the one who's now the, the scaredy cat. The roles have reversed, Jeremy. I guess I can't tell which brother is which is the blonde hair, the older one. The blonde hair is the younger one. Oh, he goes okay. down into the thing. He says, "My big brave brother would show his true colors, yellow."
1: <laughs> so the older brother, now that the younger brother's gone down,
0: he's like,
2: "I'm gonna go tell Kitty. I'm out of here."
0: Well, uh, he he drops him. He drops he he he. The the younger brother gets kidnapped. <laughs> well, and right. that's when he goes and finds Kitty. Yeah, but he, at first he's like, oh, "Edward, come up out of there!" And then he's like, "Okay, okay." Oh my gosh! There's something moving. Dog coming towards me! And that's when the older brother's like, "I gotta get out of here."
1: So he goes and gets Kitty. Kitty comes back, and uh, they go down the hole together. And that's when decrepit, ugly hands reach for them. Kitty, Jeff, run! Kitty starts punching them. Uh, Jeff is taken, and Kitty faces to the ground. And ends up in the Morlock tunnels uh, in which they have magna cars.
0: Yes. Um, and this is, well, we kind of learn. All right. Well, I'll talk about this later. We get, we get a little bit of Kitty talking about issue 170 where the X-Men fought uh, the Morlocks and Storm defeated their leader Callisto. Blah, blah, blah. She forbade them to ever raid the surface world again. So chronologically, we know exactly where we are. Um, yes. They have magna cars. Kitty easily knows how to drive one because she's super smart.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the X-Men always wondered how the Marlocks got around down here. Now we know in a plot point that will never be seen again.
1: So, Adam, are you telling me that in in, an additional reading as we go on, we'll learn more about these Magna cars?
0: No, we will learn more about these Morlocks.
1: Oh, right, yes. So I had a theory about, well, there's two theories I now have about the Magna Cars. But the the first one, as I was reading about this, I was like, well, this is stupid. The Morlocks are poor castaways from society. How can they have Magna Cars? Like, that doesn't make any sense. And then I was like, ooh, ooh, wouldn't it be awesome if it was like, we found the wreckage of Magneto's old Magna Cars and we decided to use them. I thought that that Mm -hmm. would have been a clever way to tie things together. But they don't. Uh, so I think this further fuels our speculation that this is just a danger room spe- uh, uh, simulation.
0: Yes, yes, agreed. And there are uh, one of many things that never appears again. <laughs> so, so Kitty or Ilana or whoever's programming this simulation is like,
2: hmm, how can I get the Morlocks to move from point A to point B? Ooh, ooh, magna cars that makes sense.
1: <laughs> and so she programs them in. Anyways, uh, yeah, so we learn now that these aren't your average everyday Morlock. No siree. These are humans. They're an yes. offshoot Morlock. Uh, and they were actually here before Callisto's mutants, and so they're not actually bound by the agreements to entered into between the mutants uh, and the hated surface humans. So,
0: Even though they said they were at the beginning of the issue.
1: Right. So my guess <laughs> is that you know, there's a lot of these guys, and they're not all quite on the same page, and they probably just go from, you know, area to area. Sometimes they hang out with Callisto. Sometimes they hang out with this Mohawk dude. So they just, from day to day, they don't know what they're doing. But this guy, he's like, we're not bound by those rules.
0: Now, see, I think that these, this is a different sect of Morlocks completely. Like, I don't think these guys... Because we never see these guys again. I, I, I like your theory that some of these guys are going back and forth between the two groups. But these are all kind of like the not-mutant Morlocks. Ooh, ooh, I know,
1: I know. I got it, Adam. The Morlocks that took these two kids traded them to these human morlocks for like a sandwich okay so those were the ones that were like we are bound by the rules of storm and callisto but when that was
0: that was the one that took spider-man so they traded spider-man for a sandwich oh okay (laughs) yes two sandwiches for spider-man i mean (laughs) spider-man after all
2: yeah i've got spider-man i would like two sandwiches oh you drive a hard bargain (laughs) oh don't make me go up to three fine two sandwiches no cheese (laughs) Oh, I don't know. Miracle I don't Whip. I'll take it. Miracle <laughs> Whip, though. Sandwich is not a sandwich without the zip of Miracle Whip. Oh, does it doesn't have peppers. <laughs> I like peppers.
1: Uh, yes, but they're yellow peppers.
0: Uh, fine.
1: <laughs> Done. All right, so uh, one of the kids, I don't know, the brown-haired kid, he's thrown into a cell, and inside the cell are femur bones and skulls
0: uh i i think it's revealed that oh no it's not revealed yet not yet yeah okay
1: <laughs> soon though like actually you know what it's never revealed but the kids just make the assumption
0: yeah they, okay so the kids immediately assume that they're going to that the morlocks the human morlocks are going to eat them
1: wine and, wine and ain't gonna get you out of here brother Edward. So Edward's the young one. Yeah. And I got uh, some the same soon to be supper speech from the head Morlock when I got here. But I don't aim to be eaten, big brother. But he doesn't ever say anything like we're going to eat those people.
0: Well, he does say they're never going to surface again. So but
1: that could mean anything like. No, it
0: it definitely. Yeah. I mean, they never. you're right. You're right. It could mean like the implication is that they're going to kill them
1: well maybe or the implication is that maybe they want to continue swelling their ranks so they're going to beat them into submission and then make them stay as morlocks i mean that's a thing
0: yeah yeah okay but human yes. morlocks human yeah. morlocks will uh overthrow the mutant morlocks right as soon maybe as their the plan.
1: as soon as their numbers are high enough so they have to keep kidnapping people and beating them into submission and besides, I don't think that these guys should be called Morlocks. I think that they should just be called derelicts.
0: I, I think so, too. Bums. Homeless.
1: <laughs> homeless. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not that there's anything fun about the homeless problem that we have in America.
0: But again, we'll never see these guys again.
1: But I don't see people running around in our homeless areas of this country being like, we're Morlocks, <laughs> and we're going to steal
0: the surface dwellers. I Yeah, it's either a fantasy or a danger room session.
1: <laughs> yep. Anyways... Spider-Man's bound up with some electronic stuff. Uh, The younger brother goes to touch it, but he gets zapped back.
0: These Morlocks, again, have a lot of technology. Dangerous. I didn't really notice this in the first reading until you pointed out the whole thing about the Magna Cards. (laughs) Yeah,
1: and then this little electro hold makes no sense, right? Where are they getting the power for this? Where did the technology come from? Right. It turns out that as uh, one of the kids touches the little bolty things, Spider-Man kind of comes too. So they realize that not only are these little bolts holding Spider-Man in place, but they're keeping him unconscious.
0: Right. So little brother, showing his supreme intellect, grabs a bowl of water and throws it on the Spider-Man, causing a huge electric shock. And then uh, the older brother says, but Edward, are you saving him? are killing him and little brother says i don't know jeff
2: i don't know
1: spider-man appears to explode P- power and energy is zapping all through him uh the kids are shocked and that's when spider-man does like a i don't know a punching Spider. motion <laughs> spider-man punching motion he goes "Arg!" and he's fine Arg. Thanks. Your attempt to short circuit my energy shackles caused me much agony that my spider strength instinctively kicked in and set me free. Now let's convenient. Go. Meanwhile, Kitty gets off of the Magna car and she's running to try to save the kids.
2: But where do I begin to look its pitch black down here? Hey, there's some dudes over there. Hey fellas, this is where the tour of how cavern starts.
1: A reference I don't understand.
0: I'm sure it's just a uh place that you could go back in the eighties. You could go to the Howe caverns. Sure. Take a tour. See the stalactites and mites. Yeah, yeah. I'm betting.
1: Yeah, the stalag magna cars tights hang from the ceiling tightly, whereas the stalagmites hold on to the ground mightily. Is that how that works?
0: I don't know. Couldn't it be the stalagmites hang from the ceiling mightily? No, and I... the stalagmites come up from the floor tightly? tightly. <laughs>
1: yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think that works quite as well as the way I said it.
0: I uh, I don't know. I don't really think about it. That's, <laughs> the, that's, what, that's what Google's for.
1: You don't have long conversations about the ways to remember a stalactite and a stalagmite?
0: This is the longest conversation I've ever had about and actually,
1: it. Actually, it's stalactite and stalagmite. There's a C and a G interchange there.
0: Wow, you just blew my mind. Oh,
1: man. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Kitty, she does that thing, and the little Morlock dudes, they jump through her because she can phase, remember? Pew! She grabs their keys off their belt, and she's getting ready to unlock the door. When Spider-Man kicks the door from its hinges, Kitty instinctively phases, and the door goes through her. And she's like,
2: oh, I don't think anybody noticed, so I'll just keep my identity a secret for now.
0: How'd you uh, avoid getting totaled by that door, says Spider-Man? I ducked! Oh.
1: <laughs> we'll talk okay. about this more later because I don't really believe you, but let's go. And that's what a bunch of Morlocks... Now, these Morlocks look like actual Morlocks. One guy's got, like, elf ears and giant teeth. Uh, well, all... no. I
0: mean, he's just got... They're not really elf ears. They're just pointy ears, and he just wow. hasn't... He's got very large teeth. And, you know... He's British.
1: (laughs) Oh, okay. One of the British homeless men who may or may not have mutant powers. Hey, they jump at uh, Spider-Man, Kitty, and the kids. And uh, the kids like, what are we going to do? And the younger brother grabs a femur and she's like, I'm going to fight. So danger
2: reverses the kids' roles. That's interesting. (laughs) And... Also part of the plot. (laughs) Yep. Yay! Stay back, kids. Leave the fighting to Spider Man.
1: And Spider Man's fighting. One of the Morlocks jumps to get Kitty, but she again instinctively phases. And at this point, like, cats out of the bag, Spider Man's like, "I saw that Morlock jump through that
0: babysitter." Uh, so she figures that the jig is up, and she's like, "Yeah, it doesn't really matter. We're in the middle of a fight." And she says.
2: Just look for a way up the stairs, tunnels, anything like that. I learned that when the X-Men fought another group of Morlocks.
1: You are the X-Men, aren't you? Or you are an X-Men, aren't you?
2: Ariel! But no one knows that name. <laughs> uh, go to the head of the class, Spidey. I'm so happy. Keep hap- it under your mask. If the kids should hear this, I'll be in a boatload of trouble.
1: Mum's the words, milady. Hey, kids, there they are. So Kitty's like, uh,
2: Can you throw a fastball?
1: And Spider-Man's like, sure. So Kitty gets treated to a Spidey fastball special. In which and then, and
0: then the, the biggest error of all, she says,
2: Colossus and Nightcrawler practice this maneuver all the time. Oh, my God. But I thought I'd never try it before.
1: You know what? I read this, and I read that, and it didn't even click. That's... <laughs> That's bad. Again, it's poor programming for the Danger Room sim- simulation. <laughs> Ileana's like
2: ball special colossus. He he's my brother. He throws, but who he, he probably doesn't throw Wolverine because he's too heavy. Nightcrawler yeah, he's useless. He probably throws. These are These are
0: these are kitty's thoughts. So you, now we're thinking that this isn't even the real kitty. No 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 no. It's 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 oh good point because she'd be like
2: this doesn't make any sense. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Why am I thinking such stupid things? Maybe
1: Ilana is in the danger room pretending to be Kitty.
0: Okay. Mm. Interesting. <laughs> How is she phasing?
1: Uh, it's part of the simulation.
0: Oh.
1: Anytime hmm. she phases through something, it's just the simulation phasing through
0: her. Alright, here's this is what I'm thinking now. Kitty is actually at the dentist.
1: <laughs> oh she
0: is she's she's high as a kite. She's got a lot of Novocaine in her, and she's having this crazy Morlock fantasy. So she's not altogether there. So she she thinks things like Colossus and Nightcrawler do a fastball special.
1: She got super high with Sunspot (laughs) right before her Danger Room session. Maybe. (laughs) All right, anyway, so she gets flung uh, a la Colossus and Nightcrawler through a stalagmite.
0: Oh, wow, this looks like a uh, a stalagmite type.
1: Yeah, there's a name for those, and I can't remember what those are called—the ones that go from the ground to the ceiling. But anyways, she phases through it and then dephases and smashes the Morlock's head into the wall, thus saving the children. Hiya, she says. She uh, flings one of the dudes away into, like, a puddle, and the kids are like,
2: Whoa, what just happened? One I of the... don't know, but I think our babysitter did it. We've got don't the... Don't tell mom the babysitter's... cool. <laughs> An
1: X-Man. She's not dead, though. That was a different thing. Big guy comes what? and attacks
0: Spider-Man. Trying to eat his head.
1: A <laughs> am hungry, surface dweller. Spider-Man flips him over and smashes that little stalactite tight thing that we were just talking about.
0: They cause some sort of earthquake, and Spidey creates a quick-thinking web shield. And they run away. They find a ladder. They go up, 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 and out. And they come out of a manhole cover and get run over by a car.
2: Where? Are, where, where are we? That's easy. We're in New York, says the kid. Right where I started, says Spider-Man. And Kitty's like, oh, I got to walk all the way to Westchester.
0: And Spider-Man says, I'll web you there. And then she says,
2: no, that's all right. I've got an idea. I'll call Professor Xavier. It'll cost him so much more to come get me than I earned babysitting that Maybe he'll oh. think twice before assigning me to typical teenage work again. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: so nothing happens of any importance in this issue. Uh, the bad guys are not defeated in this issue. Uh, everything's wrong in this issue. <laughs> one of the, the things here is that if Kitty had not actually been the one babysitting those children, those children would be eaten.
0: Uh, well, maybe. Or maybe the babysitter would have tired them out. Mm. And they, oh, and they...
1: So you think Kitty's neglect by complaining about her horrible life to the X-Men rather than, like, engaging with the children... Led to them going out in the backyard, finding that pit and getting, being kidnapped Yep, essentially Ah, so it's Katie's fault in the first place. right. I'm with you, my brother
0: <laughs> um, so we we learn about magna cars which never make an appearance again, and we learn about a different sect of human Morlocks that never get mentioned again.
1: right. They were a traveling band of human morlocks they're they're the uh the Austin branch of Morlocks just visiting.
0: Kind of like the Japanese crime lords that may be connected to Wolverine's adamantium bones.
1: But probably not. But
0: probably not.
1: Finally, we get our attention turned to Marvel graphic novel number 16, entitled The Aladdin Effect. It retailed for $5.95. This book was put together by... James, or James Huter. Hames Hamas Hutter, oh. Hutter. David, uh, uh, McElhaney, I don't know. Greg LaRocque and Vince Collada. Yep. Yep. Lynn Cohen is the associate editor, and uh, Jim Shooter's the editor-in-chief. I guess uh, if we want to break down the credits even further, this plot is by Jim Shooter, but he's not really doing the writing. It's those other people.
0: Yeah, he's like, "Hey, hey David Michelini, write this.
1: I got an I'll idea." Get,
0: I'll get Greg Larocque Rock to draw it and uh and I'll get uh Vince Coletta. He'll be the yinker. It's a good idea. Do it. Cuz <laughs> cuz Him Huter is a drunk he, in the, in this in this episode, yes.
1: <laughs> okay, fine. With and the,
0: with the, whenever the Marvel graphic novels comes out, it's usually Everybody, I've got an idea. New graphic novel. Oh, boy. Heem's had it too much to drink.
1: Uh, secret wars, huh? Huh? <laughs> Anybody?
0: There'll be uh. wars, but secret.
1: <laughs> yeah, it'd be amazing. It'd be a battle Planet. In fact, let's just call it Battle Planet.
0: That's battle a World. good name. That's so good.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was born to, draw these, to write these things. Uh, Adam, Marvel graphic novel number six was called Star Slammers. Did it feature the Star Jammers?
0: I don't think so. I think it's an entirely different two, uh, group of people created by Walt Simonson.
1: Walt Simonson created somebody called the
2: Star Slammers? Star Slammers! <laughs> Slamming. Slamming across the universe. I don't know, someplace. <laughs> wow. All
1: right. I'm going to have to pitch my, uh, my new comic book. The uh, K-Men. <laughs> or the Scavengers. Yeah. The
0: Star Skimmers. <laughs> That's... I'm looking at the cover of Star Slammers, and um, yeah, it's just weird looking.
2: Hmm. Okay.
1: Marvel Graphic Novel number, what did I say this was? Number 16.
0: 16.
1: Um I don't know how much coverage we want to give this uh, to start with because there's a lot of setup. Um, but what I here's what I'll say about Marvel. Do you ever
0: watch the the movie or the the TV series Under the Dome, which was based on a Stephen King uh, short story?
1: Uh, no, I'm familiar with it though. My wife read the book and she said it was stupid, and then she watched the TV series and said it was a letdown.
0: Uh, I like the TV series. Mm, I'll have to check I, it out. It's not no. It's not very good. It's oh. not worth watching, and they just canceled it. Oh. But what I liked about it is that it was completely unpredictable. In like, you never knew what was going on. It's ridiculous. Like it was, it was crazy. Anything could happen, and you'd never know which what was going to happen. And that was fun. So it's that's that's it.
1: It's like Lost, but under a dome.
0: Yeah, pretty much.
1: So I mean, this is this is how this issue starts off, kind of, and it's 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 a pretty cool setup. Uh, you got kind of some backstory in Ed's garage. It was a He built it amongst a bustling highway, but these days the interstate took away all of his business, so it's most of a ghost town. Some people are passing through town, and they're like, can you tell us how to get to Venture Ridge? And he's like, nope, nobody gets to Venture Ridge. You can't get there from anywhere. And they're like, but I could show you a map. And he's like, nope, can't get there. Just can't get there. Yeah. So it's a it's a pretty interesting setup in my opinion. And then you go to the chapter one. That was the prologue, and you got the sheriff sitting in a kind of a dilapidated office. Although you really can't tell that unless you're really paying attention to the background, where you see a broken window. But everything else looks above board. Get some background on this, and we find out that uh, they're kind of in this like dystopian city, and it doesn't really make sense. It's getting dark, and they got to get home. Because it's not like it used to be.
0: Yeah, everybody's bad. Bad news.
1: And that's when we... we, Yeah, no, and that's basically when we find out they're walking through the city, there's a bunch of punks burning garbage in garbage cans and burnt out cars and wrecked houses and punks yelling like, Hey, give me that little girl, I'll trade her for a bottle of the good stuff. (laughs) I'll give you a bottle of booze for that girl. (laughs) Doesn't seem like a fair trade at all.
0: Well, that's for his wife, not his uh, not his little girl.
1: Oh, well, still doesn't seem like it's, a fair it's, trade. Yeah,
0: it's, it's still not a f- particularly fair trade.
1: Adam, I'd rather have a wife than a bottle of booze. I'm,
0: I'm right there with you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Anyways, we find out that the reason things are so bad is that a force field was mysteriously put around this city just a few months ago.
0: And just like in the NBC television series Under the Dome... The townsfolk went crazy,
1: and there's a, there's like four or five little montage panels here where people started out trying to figure out what was going on and trying to keep calm and orderly, but then things got nasty. Somebody broke a window. It always starts with somebody bringing a plate glass window. Basically, yep. Mookie was walking down, he threw a chair through the pizza restaurant, <laughs> and all hell broke loose. <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, and uh, some some guys paw got hurt and then drinking. My paw,
0: don't hurt my paw. <laughs>
1: Yeah, people started boarding up windows, started hanging out at saloons. Some woman's and like, they-
0: save
2: some of that for me, honey,
1: referring to his bottle of booze,
2: and I'll save something for you.
0: So she's trading right. sex
1: for booze. Right.
0: It's a Marvel graphic novel. These are, you know. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. These are, these are pretty dark.
1: And uh, even the pastor, he doesn't know what's going on. I think he's losing some of his uh, his uh, his flock or whatever but but eventually this family here the sheriff the wife and the daughter they make their way home and uh, we find out that in order to keep a little warmth tonight they're gonna burn the table any remnants of paper they're gonna have cornflakes for dinner and burn that box father's like Hey, Holly! That's the girl's name. You got any
2: books or anything upstairs that you can burn to which like, uh no Daddy to no, we- no posters to which I think I feel conflicted
1: about our main character, whose name I don't even know. What's his name
0: uh embers is his last name. Was it James embers? Let's see. he is Joseph ember
1: Joseph embers the town sheriff i feel like he should be he's trying to be like the voice of reason the the beacon of hope in this town he's the sheriff he's got to maintain order he's got to come up with a plan to save the city i kind of feel like he'd be the guy that's like no we'll go a little cold tonight you just keep those books holly (laughs) like we're you know like study learn like we're not gonna burn literature
0: you know he's got his good days and his bad days. He's got today's a, a bad day.
1: Today's a very bad. I mean it starts out okay but it ends pretty bad but uh <laughs> Holly runs upstairs and uh she's like uh, she does have a book actually it turns out it's a it's a book of um
0: it's it's her sketchbook or her scrapbook
1: and uh she's been scrapping um female superheroes such as She-Hulk, the Wasp, Tigra and Storm. And, you know, when, when things are bad and desolation sets in, she starts to daydream about those four wonderful superheroines solving crimes, beating up the bad guys. And she fantasizes that she's one of those superheroes and they go into space, the planet Zam, and they defeat the Moogie Bears and and stuff and junk. And then she comes back into reality when her father opens the door and says, Holly Ann,
2: you said you didn't have a book! <laughs> But daddy, that's my book.
1: So here's the next problem I have. She takes the book away, which I mean, if if Joseph is like, he should be like, you, you lied to me, but I understand why I get it. Like you've got nothing in this world now because you're underneath the force field in a town that's got no food and people are trying to buy your mom for a bottle of booze. So yes, keep your book, keep your book. But no, he doesn't. What does he do? He takes that book and he throws it into a blazing fire where it probably lasts for about 20 seconds and is completely gone.
0: Again, he's having a really bad day, <laughs> like
1: this isn't like a big piece of wood that's gonna burn heartily all night and give them a warmth. This is gonna give him like a little flare up and boom gone.
0: yeah, I realized that too, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and his mom, whatever her name is, she kind of calls him out on that, and that's when he kind of lets lets loose the um the pressures that he's got. everybody's looking for him for answers, and he you know whatever he's He's sorry. <laughs> he'll make it up to her. He'll take he'll take Holly to the courthouse tomorrow. She likes going to the courthouse.
0: Who doesn't like going to the courthouse?
1: God, I love going to the courthouse, Adam. I know it's the best. I like finding lines and waiting in them.
0: Ooh, yeah. <laughs>
1: Ooh, what permit can I get in this line? Oh,
0: bureaucracy.
1: Registering as a sexual offender. This is probably the wrong line. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna move to the next line. Uh, anyways, so. She dreams. She's like, I wish superheroes were here. I wish they were real. I wish it. She thinks to herself and falls asleep.
2: Whew.
0: And then there's a weird spaceship outside, which never really gets explained. Oh, I guess it sort of does. Okay. I know what this is.
1: Yeah. I mean, they don't, I don't think they directly. uh, um, No,
0: they never directly explain it. It's, uh, it's, it's weird.
1: Yeah. It's technology that's we hovering. figure out what it is, though. And looking and watching, searching. Yep, so the next morning, they're walking around. There's a bunch of bums on the street. Uh, Joseph's taking Holly to the courthouse. When, out of the corner of Holly's eye, she sees a silver-haired woman who is shrouding herself in a sheet. Presumably she's naked. She's confused, it looks like.
2: And it's... Daddy, wait, that lady, that's not a stranger, that's Storm.
1: She thinks, but this lady, she kind of goes around a corner and, and kind of hides back there.
0: She's not sure if it's Storm or not. Right. But, it is.
1: Yeah. Well, lady doesn't quite look like she's sure of what's going on at this point either. So, at the courthouse, uh, Joseph uh, brings Holly in uh, like I don't... The secretary here is talking about what they had to do
2: during the big plight of 1956. We had to burn the whole crop. Blah.
0: That's when Holly runs away.
2: I really gotta go see what was going on with that lady. I'm really bored of your conversation. I'm gonna leave.
0: So she runs. I don't know why
2: I like the courtroom so much. I shouldn't tell me and my dad that I like <laughs> it because it sucks. <laughs> I should really stop lying to my dad about whether I have books and that I like the courthouse.
1: <laughs> so she runs... And that's when she runs into a group of punks who are like, "Whoa, what do we have here?" And the guy in the checkered hat and vest is like, "Lunch? Is that lunch, Randy? Let's eat this girl. I'm hungry."
0: No need to be crude, JT says. She wouldn't make more than a mouthful anyway. But I want her coat.
1: Right. I want her little bitty coat for myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: oh, we could we could probably trade it for a ca- whole case of brew. Yeah, a a little coat like that because we know a couple of little guys
1: (laughs) i know some really little guys that would like a little girl's pink coat and would trade a couple cases of
0: brew we know some brewers who are very (laughs) small
1: (laughs) that's those leprechauns that live up on fourth they'd love a jacket like that
0: she's thinking to herself about storm and she's like i don't know why she looks so skittish or why she didn't say hi or nothing it's like she doesn't know you.
2: <laughs> Why
1: would she say hi? Well, she's young.
2: She doesn't know. It's just like you know, it's,
0: it's delusions. This kid's this kid's loopy. Delusions, it's just of like, Kitty. It's like Kitty. Just like Kitty Pride in the last story.
1: The she the uh, Holly runs off. The punks are like grab her. She runs away. Looks like she's gonna get cornered by the punks when a woman with silver hair and black skin, who now has clothes on, is like leave her alone.
0: Who the hell is that, says
1: Ramon. <laughs> She's kind of creepy, but we got her outnumbered, four to one. All we got to do is stomp her, take the kid's coat, then we can have a little fun with... with. Oh, man, look at her eyes. She's got eyes. Let's get <laughs> out of here. And so this is where I'm thinking, like, oh, this maybe this isn't Storm. Maybe this is like a, like a Storm bot, because storm when she gets like powerful and stuff her eyes go white right but her eyes don't go white here so what are these guys freaking out she just has like scowly face on
0: yeah i think her scowly face is very scary <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that black lady's scale scowling at us run this guy is pale white look at him he's not even colored oh that's how white he is
1: well he's malnourished they've been behind this forest field for quite some time is anybody
0: else this white? This is this is intense.
1: <laughs> so the girl's like, this woman anyways, is like, uh,
2: you're safe now, little one. Now do me a favor. Tell me who I am because I don't remember. Well, it's very convenient that I happen to do, to, 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 to remember. I was just thinking about you yesterday. You're storm. You can do <laughs> stuff with the weather. Really? Well, hear me, oh sky and cloud. Let there be great rain and mighty wind and, um
0: stuff where'd she get this outfit it comes with a nice little scarf or thingy around her waist eh, she stole it off clothesline so it's like a, a, a Terminator scenario where she just got zapped into this world and like Kyle Reese she goes into the nearest convenience store and steals a nice set of clothes yeah and there will be more clothes So she stole a couple of outfits
1: did you see Terminator Genesis I did oh was it good no oh damn
0: it's it's worth seeing um for some reasons it's worth seeing in the theater if you don't if you didn't see it in the theater, I wouldn't bother wasting my time
1: oh, you wouldn't watch it on a fifty five inch television
0: uh, i it's it's okay but is it it's,
1: is m- it is it better than the last one salvation it is
0: salvation was the worst piece of drivel in the Terminator franchise, and I don't think you could ever do worse than that. But I would say this was not as good as Terminator 3. What? Which was not very good.
1: That's a pretty low bar. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess I'll I'll take my hopes off of that one.
0: Ah, uh, sorry.
1: That's okay. <laughs> I mean, check it out. I'll, Maybe I, you'll like it. I'll check it out, but my expectations are really low. Plus, I'm really upset about the second trailer that they released.
0: Where they kind of reveal everything.
1: Right, and I won't spoil it for anybody in the audience that hasn't listened. To it, but in the first... In the first... Uh, Trailer, they just show a Terminator trailer, and you're like, oh, Terminator, cool. I'll have to watch that. And then I think they show, like, some, like, they're redoing some of the Kyle Reese, Sarah Connor stuff. So you get that. There's, like, some time crisscrossing stuff going, like, Back to the Future 2 style. But then they release this second trailer where you're like, oh, come on. Like, that seems like a major plot point.
0: Yeah, they, they give away quite a bit of it. But they actually don't give away – there's still a few more twists. Okay. But um, – Is it like the Terminator 2
1: trailers, if you recall, where they gave away everything? But the movie was edited in such a way that you were supposed to be surprised when you saw that Arnold Schwarzenegger was the good guy?
0: You know what gave it away for me that Arnold Schwarzenegger was the good guy? was those stupid cards that we collected. Oh. and And so – the trailer, I, I don't remember learning anything about the movie from the trailer. I don't even know if I saw the trailer. Just that one where Arm Schwarzenegger was like, I'm back. But the, then we collected those stupid cards and I knew the whole stinking plot of the movie. And I was like, and I always wish that I had been, because I love that scene where it, everything turns around and I would have been like, I would have loved to have been there and been like,
1: Whoa. No way! Well, dude. Also, also the Guns N' Roses uh, music video was released like a week or so prior to the movie coming out. and that I didn't
0: get TV though.
1: Oh. You didn't watch that over at my house? Like I had cable and we watched, like every time that song came on, I was like, ooh, ooh Terminator 2 footage. But you saw like the Sh- Terminator riding around with John Connor. Like he gave away everything too.
0: Ah, uh, it, it could be. I, I don't remember. All right. I mean,
1: Maybe that's just the curse of the Terminators to give away your 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 plot point, your best plot point.
0: There there are some neat things that they do in the latest one, but it's it's I don't know. See it, we'll talk about it.
1: All right. anyhow, um it, the Holly continues going on and she's like, "Hey, you're an X-Man and she, you're a mutant and you've got a friend named Cyclops, Wolverine, Ariel, and you live in New York, and your leader's the bald guy named Professor Xavier. Oh, Professor Xavier! Please, you gotta remember. And then that's when Storm remembers. She's like, "I am the mistress of the sky and, T- and tempest, whatever that is. I am Aurora. I am Storm." Now, here's my question: Maybe this is also a Danger Room simulation because nobody's supposed to know that Professor Xavier's the leader of the X-Men.
0: Yeah, well, this is what I was talking about. It's like every they're the, they're the famous X-Men. Everybody seems to know who they are. Right. So I guess if you, if you think about it, during John Byrne's tenure on the X-Men, they kind of traveled the world doing a lot of stuff.
1: That's true. They were world, world, I don't know about world famous, but globetrotters t- to be sure.
0: No wonder mutant hysteria is kicking up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So as she says, I am Storm." The uh, she blows up into a bunch of lightning and stuff. And Holly's like,
2: well, I knew you could do it.
1: So Storm comes back down to the ground after flying around, and she's like, okay, but why am I here?
2: Let's go see my dad. He'll know.
1: And so they head off to the town hall, where the or the courthouse, I guess, where uh, Joseph does not know that Holly has ran off and was uh, potentially abducted by a bunch of punks, hmm. and uh, he's fielding some questions about what's, what are they going to do next.
0: Storm shows up at the courtroom. Somebody had notified them that there was a crazy woman coming into the building. She's got wild hairs and this, wild eyes and weird hair. So I guess she's got wild eyes. They they must be pretty crazy. And that's when people keep talking about them.
1: One of the policemen pulls out his gun, and Storm, who's now in the middle of the courthouse in Chapter Two, shoots a lightning bolt at the podium and says, "No guns,
2: no guns."
0: Everybody, Everybody starts freaking out about mutants and. She was on 60 Minutes last month. She's not even human. She's probably behind this. Let's get her. Let's make her tell her. And that's when a face
1: appears. And he says, I am the timekeeper. And I bring you a warning. The town shelters a power of undreamt power. Shelters a power undreamt of power that I must possess. It's hidden in your town. That's why I put a force field over. Give it to me. You have one day. (laughs) Or you will die. Yeah. And
0: everyone's like, what's
2: the power?
0: Storm thinks to herself that I must be I must have been drawn here to help this town. So let's go find these people. And she takes off with the little girl and flies away. This is terrible parenting.
1: <laughs> so uh honestly, up until now, like I'm really kind of getting into this whole story, especially like the prologue and all this build-up to like, why is this town underneath this force field? And then the stupid timekeeper guy shows up and, I don't know, he kind of lets the air out of my bubble a little bit.
0: (laughs) Oh, well. See, it's like under the dome. You never know what's going to (laughs) happen. may not necessarily be good, but it's crazy. (laughs) Didn't expect that to happen.
1: So they go outside, Storm and uh, Holly, and they they go flying around. They're going to try to figure out what's going on. And uh, Storm makes it to the farm. Is she trying to, like...
0: She's trying to blow down the dorm the dome with her electricity so she she builds up a big old lightning bolt and smashes it against the dome but nothing.
1: It's kind of a cool half panel half page panel here of all this lightning and darkness and weather hitting the dome but outside the dome it's nice and blue. There's a little bit of energy signature but it's all contained within this dome here. And that's when they're like, I'm a, I'm a failure, but it would appear that some things are beyond even my power. Uh, hey,
2: don't feel bad. Maybe there's another way. I wish some other people would show up. Maybe they will. Oh, there's one now.
1: <laughs> and she's like, hey, uh, I'm She-Hulk. I didn't know that until I looked into the water and saw my reflection. And I was like, how many other big green women are there? Okay, well, I'm out of here.
0: Am I Hulk? Oh, wait, I'm a girl. I must be She-Hulk
1: look at my Yay. huge boobs. I'm nice sneakers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so she's,
1: she's like, look, I'm going to go figure this out for myself. Uh, maybe we'll meet up later. I'm out of here.
0: I don't work with anybody, the Avengers and you're not an Avenger. See ya.
1: Storm's like, well, let's go find some other people. So she lifts up Holly and they go flying around. And that's when things get a little serious, Adam.
0: Yeah. This is like a really dark scene in the middle of this comic. I hate it. When Marvel does this, <laughs> So
1: Janet Van Dyne, who does not know that she is Janet Van Dyne, uh, sleeping in her nightie and her little panties, awakens in a barn to a bunch of uh, thugs who are like, look what I found in my barn. Yep. And so they take her out back. They tie her to a fence. And they're like, now we're going to get real close to you and me. And you're going to get close to Howie and Big Earl. And he's about to just list everybody because everybody's going to have a throw at this girl.
0: She spits on his face, and he gets ready to whip her with a chain. And But but he also says,
1: you tight-ass little slut. That's pretty intense, Adam.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was going to ignore that part. No, I'm
1: not. This is a Marvel graphic novel. When we cover him we, we cover him thoroughly. I, I feel like there's a little pent-up aggression towards women in the writing of this story, because, I don't know, that's some pretty serious dialogue there.
0: It's, it's just so weird i mean if you're not gonna if you're not gonna sell it through the whole thing then you can't have like four pages of like oh look we're gonna rape janet van dyne <laughs> exactly and then just like everything's back to normal if you're gonna go dark go dark start Don't dark, go dark and, for two pages
1: yeah start dark and end dark but you're right <clears throat> so she's getting ready to be pelted by this this chain uh but one of the guys one of the 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 would be rapist looks up and he's like, "What is it?" Oh, I don't know. Janet's like, "I know what
0: that is." Her memory is re jogged. She sees Storm and she's like, "That's the woman is Storm, and I am Janet Van Dyne." And he goes, "The what? guy goes back to slapper with his chain," and uh, that's when she shrinks out of her nighty and then regrows back into her nighty. Now that she's not tied to a uh, what is that? A fence. Fence. Some sort of cow fence.
1: (laughs) And she's like, I I guess you didn't hear me. I'm Janet Van Dyne, the wasp. And Mr. The Wasp doesn't take abuse. Because she's been there, Adam.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's obviously a reference to that. And she punches this guy with a big crack. And she finishes her thought, from anybody. And she shoots one, one of them with her. Uh, wasp blasts. I gotta,
1: I gotta say, she she does yoga or Pilates or something because she's she's got definition.
0: Oh yeah, she's 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 super in shape. Yeah, she's got to be. Yeah, she's well, the wasp. I got gotcha, you, but I mean, it's... and she she's like she's one of them, they're Avengers, and she's like uh, she's makes a lot of money. She's not just a flighty a girl. She's she cares a lot about her superheroing.
1: Oh, yeah, she's got a lot of she's she's spinning a lot of plates at', him.
0: yeah, yeah, she's doing the Pilates,
1: <laughs> so she uh she shrinks back down out of her nighty for good this time, she's flying around naked, uh covering herself up, of course, but uh but uh she's she's I don't know. she's gonna go figure out what's going on.
0: I need some clothes, yeah, maybe a new outfit is just what I need, maybe then I won't feel so much like vomiting,
1: right. So meanwhile, in a warehouse, another woman with cat-like eyes wakes up, and it's
2: Tigra. Fur, my God, I'm covered with fur. Where the hell am I? No, what the hell am I? Oh, what the hell am I?
0: Oh, my God.
1: Uh, yeah, and so she, she's looking around. She's like, oh, my God, she finds a piece of glass, and she's like, I right, look, I got cat eyes. And we get more
0: shots of her butt. <laughs>
1: We get a lot of shots of her butt, Adam, but not only that, like, wherever possible, they try to draw a nipple definition on her, and it's, like, it's a little out of, out of control.
0: What is with sexualizing the cat animal?
1: <laughs> Don't know. This is, like, pre-furry, too.
0: Yeah, it's creepy. I guess furries have been around longer than we knew. So she even, uh,
1: we even get another butt uh, panel when she's like, oh, no, what if... Ah, she lifts up her little skirt. She does not have a tail, and she's very relieved about that, although she
2: is wearing some little white panties.
0: Yes, which we see a lot of. You yep. get to see some on the next page. She is crawling around the rooftops. She's getting excited about her instincts and her feline abilities, and she finds some food. And then Storm and uh, Holly come across her, and I guess the wasp is there, too. But uh,
2: they want my food, but they're not going to get it. She
0: throws some sort of—I don't know. It looks like it's either a record player or an engine.
1: It says oh, it's, it's an engine block. It's a quarter-ton engine block. But Storm bats it away. Um, Adam, do you know anything about Tigra's origin? Like,
0: yeah, we 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 kind of covered it a little bit. Um. She she was she was the cat, and then she got transformed. and she, she used to be. Remember, uh, remember, I was covering Avengers issues, mm-hmm. and that Hellcat girl came along. Do you remember that at all?
1: Uh, yeah, the name fami- is familiar. I yeah, I kind of remember. This is kind of jogging some some memories. But when she was the cat, was she like a woman just called the cat, or was she actually like a like a cat? no and cat when woman. she
0: was the when she was the cat which i think was way back in the 50s or the 60s um she was just a woman okay and then hellcat was a completely different character who was also a character from the 40s i think who found the cat's um outfit and became hellcat and then they reintroduced the original cat and i i i have the first issue, and I've never read it, and I maybe I should.
1: So, so is Tigra's powers controlled by this bra that has, like, a cat in between her boobs?
0: I don't think so, no. <laughs> oh,
1: okay. Well, anyways, uh, Tigra's getting ready to fight Storm. Oh, so finally the heroes are going to battle amongst each other. Oh, that's uh,
0: about time.
1: Oh, but then Janet Van Dyne, she's got, like, a cigar wrapper that she's flying around in because she's naked. And she flies up, and she's like, you're Tigra. You're an Avenger. Stop it. And Tiger's like, oh, oh, yeah, all right. Well, let's not fight. Let's go.
0: You know, I am starting to remember. I do know who I am, and boy, do I feel like a nerd. <laughs> what the heck's going on here? That's what I'd like to know.
1: So, Chapter 3 sees um, She-Hulk punching and punching and punching at the force field to no effect.
0: And that's when a bunch of yellow-jacketed... uh, jacketed Bad guys show up, um, and she fights them, but they overwhelm her because they have some sort of special gun.
1: It's a crap ton of them. And there's like three yeah. pages of them fighting, and she's like, I could keep this up all day. Nothing can stop. She whole... Some guy shoots her, and we see like a skeleton view of her. She's zapped. She's laying on
0: the ground. Uh, apparently, this really perked up her nipples. Yeah, she's got a lot of nipple definition there, too.
2: It's really cold all of a sudden.
0: (laughs) It was a cold gun.
1: And that's when one of the yellow characters finally looks like someone we recognize. It's an AIM dude. Yes. Whereas the other yellow guys are guys that I wouldn't recognize. Maybe AIM aficionados would, but not me. Perhaps. So they, uh, they bring... A half mile below Venture Ridge, uh, we see AIM uh, uh, saluting or doing whatever they do to the timekeeper or whatever his name is.
0: The timekeeper's got a mistress that I don't think ever gets a name.
1: Nope. But she she's kind of got that cloak and dagger, that cloak or the dagger outfit where she's got like all of the front of her costume is cut out. So it's just like boobs and belly sticking out.
0: Let's call her lady timekeeper
1: sure (laughs) i'm gonna call her booberella
0: (laughs) actually the timekeeper kind of looks like moon knight in some of these panels he's like a green moon knight
1: or that could be the hobgoblin
0: i am the green moon knight so moon cheese (laughs)
1: they bring she hulk over to them and, uh, I guess I'm, I don't know if lady mistress is intimating that they want to have a three way.
0: No, they're intimating that they're going to beat the crap out of her. Um, but yeah, it—it it is weirdly written. Um, shall woman, to woman thing. Shall I ask her darling? Nicely woman to woman. Hmm. Yes. Would
2: you like that? She Hulk. Would you perhaps enjoy it?
0: If this is a if this is a reference to a three-way this is the poorly this is so poorly written
1: I I don't know like the co- it doesn't make any I don't know what they're trying
0: to I I can just picture some little like writer in his room going can I say it without actually saying it? <laughs>
2: <laughs> no comics code here to stop me. <laughs> it's titillating. <laughs>
1: And she hulks like, mister, only do you have nerve. Or not only do you have the nerve, but you have just struck one. And she breaks from her binds and she starts punching the timekeeper over and over and over again. But he's not feeling it. In fact, he taps her and she falls onto
0: her butt. Well, that's lady timekeeper, not... Oh, I'm sorry, lady timekeeper. Yep. And uh, she says, I've got a broadcast power, which is... I don't know. I don't really ever understand what it is, but it makes it so I can beat you. Would
1: you like a further demonstration, which I'll give you off panel? Yes. <laughs> so we flip over to uh, Above Ground, where all of the lady superheroes are at the Sheriff Joseph's house. Sheriff... They've
0: all got uh, new costumes. Well, uh, Van, Janet Van Dyne has a new costume, actually. Well, Only she, her.
1: She's wearing clothes. She's no longer wearing a cigar wrapper.
0: Right. Well, she's <laughs> gone from a nighty to a cigar wrapper to an actual outfit.
1: Kind of. It's like a trench coat. It still looks like she's pretty naked underneath, though. Yeah,
0: I guess it does. <laughs>
1: uh, and Joseph's like, what's going on here? And he's getting his gun.
0: We're here to help you, they essentially say. But then um, somebody pulls up to the uh, the house with a wheelbarrow fold, filled with beaten up She-Hulk.
2: Yep. Anybody got a aspirin? Oh, my God.
1: Uh, Take it easy, Jen. Don't try to talk.
2: I have to. We're up against AIM. They got a research facility, nuclear stuff under the town, and they're using something called broadcast power energy they can transmit directly to their soldiers. Makes us suckers tougher than nails. Look at me. I got beat up. I look pretty bad. They kept asking about some kind of superpower source here in the town, and they kept hitting me and hitting me and hitting me, so I told them just where they could stick their questions.
0: And that's when Jana Van Dyne says, that's the connection! Mr. Sheriff Guy, clearly the power source is your daughter, because that's how the four of us appeared here, because she wanted us to be here, so she must be some sort of Special power person.
2: Now
1: I know you're crazy.
2: Sheriff, look at the facts.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they convince the, uh, the what are their names? Joseph Embers. Is that their last name? Embers. They convince the Embers family that yes, it's probably for their daughter. Yeah. And uh, their daughter goes to sleep. And when she wakes up, Joseph is gone and he has decided to give, to surrender to AIM and give his daughter up to AIM Uh, because it'll rescue the town and maybe they'll be nice. Do you
1: think this is based off of like a Twilight Zone episode?
0: Oh, I suppose it could be. Because
1: there's that one episode where the kid's like in the house and he can have whatever he wants and everybody's surrounding him like, what you did was very good. (laughs) He turns one of the guys into a jack-in-the-box and they always have like, uh, what do they have? They have like peanut butter and jelly for dinner every night and watch cartoons.
0: Didn't they remake that in the movie? That it's a little a little girl.
1: No, it's still a little boy. But they remade it in the the Twilight Zone movie as well. Both both are good. The episode and that little vignette uh, are both very good. Although that kid was uh, evil, or he was just a little kid with too much power. This little girl has a lot of power, but she's she's still really innocent. Yeah. But ah, eh, anyways. So that's kind of a a neat little plot twist. Although you kind of saw it coming.
0: I don't know where the heroes are for the next few pages, because they decided to go for a walk, apparently.
1: Right. So, Mom is, like, sitting in the corner, like, we're going to give you up. (laughs) And she's like, no, where are the heroes? And the heroes are nowhere. And she runs into the punks, and the punks are like, give me that jacket. For God's sakes, it's cold out here. (laughs) And so, they get the jacket, but she's able to slip away. She runs, and now... Joseph is heading off to the courthouse and he's getting ready to lay down his plan. But the mayor's like, I don't want anything to do with this. And everybody's giving up their posts because nobody wants
0: the position of leadership. And it gets so bad that it's like, hey, I'm just a dog catcher, but I ain't getting stuck with this mess. I quit. So apparently it went down the line of uh, like authority, powerful authority. Right. From from the mayor all the way down to the dog catcher. <laughs>
1: So the sheriff's like, fine, I'll do it. And this is actually kind of like, have you watched uh, the HBO series uh, uh, Left Behind? I have. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like that where the sheriff's like trying to hold the town together, even though it's all falling apart. Kind of reminds me of that a little bit. Is that
0: show ever coming back? It's been like a year.
1: Yeah. Like a a month or so coming coming back.
0: It's a long time to wait.
1: Yeah. You got to wait for quality, Adam.
0: I don't know if it's quality or not, but I'm curious to see what will happen. It was in, it, it was I in, feel like I, you do. You learned very little in the first season.
1: I think that's the whole point of the series, though.
0: Yeah, but I'm worried that you're not going to learn anything in the second season either.
1: <laughs> You'll always not be learning <laughs> anything and being like, yeah. "God bless it." Why do we keep?
0: Well, maybe this will be the season where I learn something. <laughs> I gotta uh, keep watching.
1: Adam, I, it, it, a show like that, there's no person that knows what's going on. So how can you ever find out what's going on? Yeah. It's not yeah. like there's a, well, maybe there. I mean, it could be like under the dome where all of a sudden Doctor Doom walks around, and is like,
2: "This was part of my nefarious plan to make you all confused, and now I can take over the world."
1: But is that I don't how the season ends. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the season finale of season two. <laughs> it's a real turnaround, but uh, yeah, it's worth watching. Anyways, uh, so he comes up and uh, he's like, uh, "Hey, I was going to offer up my daughter, but now I'm not going to." i'm gonna go fight and you guys can do whatever you want to i'm taking my ball and going
2: home
0: and they're all like oh man we're too scared to do anything but then like one guy's like i'm not too scared i got a crowbar and everybody's like you can have my axe and you can have my steel
1: (laughs) yes it's very much like that scene in army of darkness
0: (laughs) i will lend my steel and you can have my medicines so, uh, yeah, so the townspeople rise up and they get the superheroes to act as their kind of uh, watch, watch, watch guard.
1: Their first wave, essentially. So they're spread out. There's six of them or five of them, rather, spread out uh, around the sphere. And so when the attack begins, they're going to be the first uh, barrier. And then the townspeople will be the second barrier. Right. And that's exactly what happens. The timekeeper's like,
2: God ah, bless it. All right, fine. Attack.
0: All right, and I thought at, uh, Janet Van Dyne has changed costumes. Uh, she Hulk has definitely changed costumes. I thought Storm had changed costume because now it's yellow, but I think it's actually the same costume now that I'm looking at it.
1: Right. So it's we can only assume sunny out. We can only assume that Janet Van Dyne has got like some Barbie clothes on now or something. Yeah,
0: she made she sewed them.
1: Uh, and She Hulk is wearing like an extra large uh, bathing suit.
0: Yeah, and uh, she's got those leg pumps
1: leg warmers it seems kind of unnecessary but
2: i'm gonna do some fighting and some working out today
0: yeah she's a maniac maniac (laughs) on the floor uh aim we cut to aim and we learn in chapter four that they know about the townspeople building up their fortifications and arms and they're in a terribly drawn panel where it looks like lady timekeeper is tiny um They say, let's attack! Right. It looks like Timekeeper's
1: holding Lady Timekeeper in his palm. So AIM attacks. uh, She-Hulk punches. Storm lightning bolts. Tigra does does cat-like things. And uh, Wasp shoots people with little stings.
0: Yep. And they're winning for a while, but then AIM starts to bring out their big guns.
1: Giant robot comes out that kind of knocks she-Hulked down, heat-seeking missile heads towards Janet Van Dyne. Uh, Tigra, she's like, I can fight these people, but there's so many left. So she's getting overwhelmed. She gets taken and out she by gets like...
0: blasted by a tape gun. <laughs> essentially.
1: The harder she struggles, the more bound up she gets. Storm has uh, taken out their uh, aerial vehicles with her tornadoes. She bursts into a bright explosion of fire... Uh, lightning rather it looks like her clothes get blown off but I'm sure that's not the case
0: well, this is a weird panel because clearly she is drawn to be naked here right. so this is just like some artist like well, I'm just going to draw her naked <laughs> she's not actually naked next couple of panels she'll have clothes again but I just feel like drawing her naked it's, I'm going to draw her naked It's marvel gra- the one that always gets naked right yeah this will be cool
1: <laughs> it's a graphic novel no comics code I can do this <laughs> what's, what's Heme Shooter going to do he's busy writing uh, Secret Wars right now and that's when they put their earplugs on and they activate their sonic phaser, which disrupts Storm's ability to think and therefore project lightning so she's fallen towards the ground.
0: So the tides are turning in AIM's favor and that's when the townspeople start showing up and they help She-Hulk get underneath, uh, outside of the robot, and he, they, she busts off the leg of the robot and it falls over and they rescue Tigra. And... Uh, they offer Storm some tea.
2: <laughs> well, there, no. child. Would you, would you, for your better now, perhaps
0: a cup of hot cocoa? I'm the old lady in the middle of the war who brings over cocoa to everyone. Here you go.
2: <laughs>
1: the townspeople also break down the satellite that was doing the sonic phasers. The That's hot true. cocoa
2: is just a benefit.
0: <laughs> this, I don't know. Maybe we're doing more wrong. We don't have the ladies with the cocoa.
2: <laughs> I'm Betty Crocker. I was wondering if you would like a cup
1: of tea. Or hot cocoa, rather. Anyhow, uh, yeah, so the townspeople continue fighting the AIM people. And Timekeeper, he shows up and he's like, God, this is not going the way I want. I'm going to deal with these people personally. And he shoots
0: Ma and Pa Ember. He brings out his broadcast-powered guardswomen. Yeah. Which, it... I don't know why he waited so long to bring them <laughs> out. You thought they would have been, like, the first line of defense, but...
1: He's got, like, a harem of them, too. Yeah. And that's when Holly's like, Mommy, Daddy, you hurt them. Well, I've got the power, and I wish that these superheroes were going to come, so I, I'm going to wish you turn into f- a frog. Or, no, I it's, wish you'd go away forever.
0: It's If it were just that, then yeah, but it's, it's actually, there's a panel before that where She-Hulk is egging her on. That's right, Holly. They, he's... And he's hurt your parents, and he's going to hurt all of us unless you help. We don't know what your power actually is, but you've got to use your power, Holly Ann. Use your power. Save us all. Which is – that that's a thats a BS move by She-Hulk. Well, desperate
1: times call for desperate measures, so if her Maybe power – Maybe her
0: power is of teleportation. I mean, she could just be, like, teleporting things around. <laughs> <laughs> Well, not only that, but I mean, this this
1: goes and feeds into that whole Twilight Zone example of giving a little kid a lot of power, because not only does she wish that this guy would turn into a frog or go away forever, she goes to the ultimate conclusion and says, I wish, I, I wish you were dead! But it doesn't work. What? Wait a minute, you're not, in order to keep me innocent for the rest of this story, you haven't died. What happened? <laughs> Ah, you young, dumb kid. You don't know how to use your powers. But with me, you'll be able to learn how to use them. And he whaps her across
0: the face. But not after I control you or something.
1: In the background, there's this comical fight between a woman and somebody. I'm not sure, but they keep flipping each other over. I think it's She-Hulk.
0: Yeah, it's She-Hulk and Lady Time Killer. Or Lady, Lady Time Striker. Or Lady Time Keeper.
1: Did you forget about Wasp? Because she's been being chased by a heat-seeking missile because none of the people could throw anything up there to help her. (laughs) She flies by one of the AIM agents who happens to be larger than her, and because she's larger, she's got a larger mass, and therefore she's got more heat, and the heat-seeking missile blows up Lady AIM. Killing her. Killing her, apparently.
0: I mean, she got hit by a heat-seeker. There's yeah. no coming back from that.
1: It does look like she gets disintegrated. Pa boom. Uh, and then uh, Tigra, she she plays around with some people. She beats them up.
0: So, yeah. The uh her her broadcasting agent, she just manages to quickly flip her over with some judo kicks, and uh, then she says, "Yeah."
1: Storm like snaps her fingers, and a hurricane takes her lady death killer away.
0: Yeah, it's like three three like. One page, <laughs> they handle three of these guys. They're nothing. Yep. Storm literally snaps her fingers. Yep. And that's it. She is as easy to dispose of as a dandelion in a spring breeze. A spring breeze. Meh.
1: Uh, She-Hulk finally comes to her senses like, oh, yeah, I can punch people. So
0: she punches one of the lady killers away. And This that's... broad's got some fancy moves, but once you get used to them, she's a piece of cake. Wish I would learned that earlier. <laughs> when they were
1: beating me over and over and over again so that's when she gets like the main lady timekeeper and she's like say goodbye to your
2: face lover girl and
1: timekeeper's like whoa 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 (laughs) i don't care about power power can be created and bought but love love is the only thing that is real
0: which is Interesting.
1: It is an interesting plot <laughs> twist there, but...
0: And I've never I've never seen a villain do that before. <laughs>
1: nope. So he grabs Holly and he's like, let her go or I'll snap this girl's neck like a
0: twig. And that's when Holly's father wakes up and he's all like, ah, no, that's not happening. Drop her, you maggot. And he grabs Timekeeper by the neck and brings him down to the floor and She-Hulk knocks out Lady Timekeeper. And, uh... So you just, uh... Joseph Ember just starts beating the crap out of Timekeeper.
1: You got a full page of just punch after punch after punch after punch until Holly's like, "Natty, stop. You don't have
2: to hit him anymore. Even though I wanted him dead, you should stop. (laughs) You
0: won. (laughs) It was the heat of the moment. She was a little girl. She doesn't know what she's asking for. You, you're right, babe. There's no need to stoop to this scum's level. After all, I'm still the sheriff of Venture Ridge. You're under arrest, you son of a bitch. (gasps) So
1: the FBI comes, Washington people come, S.H.I.E.L.D. comes, the Red Cross comes, and they're setting up shop. AIM's all arrested. Most of the installations were on self-destruct, so they blew up. Uh, And now they have to go through the long rebuilding process of a normal existence. So all these people now have to deal with this craziness that they have been dealing with.
0: Yeah. Uh, Holly wishes she'd remembered to bring their clothes when she'd wished them into the, into the town and then their clothes magically appear. What?
2: I'll
1: be, you know, Holly, when you learn to control your powers uh, all the time, you're going to be something to reckon with. Says she Hulk.
2: Don't worry. I'll never appear again.
1: (laughs) Uh, I'm not sure if this is what we want. Says Sheriff. And that's when, Storm, and her giant nipples, pulls out a card and says, Hey, uh, if you would like to learn how to control those powers, maybe you should drop by Professor Charles Xavier's for a school for gifted children. <laughs> eh, I'm not going to do that. Mm, that'll probably never happen. And that's the end of Marvel graphic novel number 16. Adam, does this story actually fall into a recognized continuity?
0: Well, I'm going with Storm doesn't have a Mohawk. So it happened before that.
1: Yeah, but I mean does it maybe not in the continuity in which we read them, but is it like officially registered as something that happened to Storm in Earth six one six?
0: It is according to the chronology lists that I sometimes refer to. Is However, those are none of those are uh I don't know.
1: Officially sanctioned by Marvel. Yeah.
0: Yeah. None of them are officially sanctioned. Um, I mean, one of them is at marvelwikia.com, which is like a fairly officially sanctioned thing. I
1: don't know if marvelwikia.com is an official Marvel thing. I think that's just everything Marvel goes in there, but I think it's maintained by a community.
0: Yeah. I go. Maybe. Maybe. So, like, if we were to
1: ask, like, uh, uh, Jim Shooter, what would he say? Yeah. Why not? (laughs) yeah it's a good idea it's a a
0: dome I remember that is uh, yeah it's storm is good Uh,
1: I just remember writing a note on the art saying more nipples (laughs) Uh, yeah that's continuity sure why not why don't you ask Joe Casada? All right, well anyways, uh
0: I'm I'm going to go with there's no harm in it being a part of the official continuity.
1: Oh, well, it doesn't hurt anything, that's for sure. But that just means that in the Marvel universe there's this town that's you know I don't Well, know. It,
0: let's assume that the town eventually goes back to normal and um Holly is still there and then on M day she loses her powers
1: ah, and never gets them back. Yeah. I'm I'm good with that. Okay. Um,
0: problem solved
1: <laughs> thanks for that Adam I also feel like the 10 month window because somewhere in the graphic novel that says that the dome or the force field is only up for 10 months but the way they opened up the prologue with uh, the gas station guy who's like nobody gets to Venture Ridge really makes me think that it makes it set up like yeah 10 years you could get there but it's been gone for 10 years but 10 months is like yeah you know you could just go that way uh, but you're going to run into a thing and your car is going to bounce off. So there's really no point in going there. Like, I don't know. Well, I, 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 I feel like the prologue the, was a little, the misleading. implication
0: is that you just can't find it. Did you, there, there's, there's some sort of mystery. The, some, whatever aim is doing to hide it under the dome also hides it from any outsiders being able to find it. Hmm. Um, I agree with you that it does, that, that intro does make it feel like it's, it's kind of a mythology. And then it's been around for a long time. Right. But uh, but yeah, the story doesn't really follow that. So but maybe time inside of the dome or under the dome oh. works differently then.
1: Oh, so maybe for them it had only been 10 months, but for everybody on the outside world, it had been years. Yep. Okay, sure. I'll go with that. Well, uh, in the interest of time, we should probably wrap this one up.
0: Oh, yeah. This one ran long. Well, I got nothing more to say. Until next
1: time, the danger room is closed. Hey!